The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So how long are we going for? One, one, yeah, two I've hours. Got, I've got I've got this thing set up till ten o'clock Central Time. Oh, Lord. Okay. Nice, Jerry. Go fast. Adam, it's really hard to hear you do that math. Well, okay. <laughs> he's got. He's about to do some serious channeling. Sexy when his voice I, I'm gonna I'm like I'm, I'm gonna take the mask off at some point because there's no way I'm wearing this fucking thing the whole entire time. <laughs> Don't make me get my Cthulhu mask on. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Waiting on you, Jerry. Jerry said, "Keep the mask on." All right, keep the mask. I'm good. On. Go. I'm, I was kidding. Go. Okay. Why would you wait for me? Because we love you, Jerry. We love you that much. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to Conspiranormal's 300th episode, guys. The round table. We've got a whole cast yeah. of characters here for everybody. And we're real <laughs> excited to have people. People are going to join us through the night. And, uh... Anyway. So. Right. The reason that uh i wanted to do this as a listener's episode is because we have in the past done several episodes where we have had our guests come on and in studio such as episode 50 episode 100 episode 200 which was actually the surfiel's first show that he was ever really on as a as a listener at the time and uh i wanted to do we, we had we had done the strange realities conference i had a bunch of people here a couple of two or three of you here in this group were here at strange realities 2019 and i wanted to bring on listeners and talk about listeners stories so welcome guys welcome to conspiracy normal i've got some important you. people here like uh jerry and grimsteak What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I wouldn't man. call myself important. Oh, man. You're, thanks for, you're, you're, thanks yeah, for having you're, me here. You're definitely important. You are definitely a VIP. So let's... Oh, uh not important background people. Yeah. yeah that's all. Yeah. We're just and AI. Heather is gone, but uh, she's like probably our oldest listener because we used to work together a long, long time ago. And she's listened since the beginning of Conspiracy Normal way back in 2012. There she is. There she is. What's hey, up, Heather? Sorry. I've got a toddler who's learning how to use the potty, and so he's 
I think I met Heather at the show. At the yeah, she was you did. Tarot. You did. Yeah, yeah, she was the tarot oh, reader over oh, there at the oh, show. I, you and I talked a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was interrogating you about what deck she was. Remember me? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so I, I want to get everybody. Let's do a roll call, starting with uh, Daniel there in the corner. Daniel, uh, who are you? Where are you from? Hey, my name is Dan. I'm from uh, Massachusetts and uh, live in the Bridgewater Triangle. Nice. Very nice. Okay. And Katie. Uh, my name is Katie. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. All right. And Katie was actually the only person that we ever <laughs> gave a flyer to of all the thousands of flyers that I passed out that actually came to the Strange Realities Conference. And, uh, I don't know who went to Alien Expo, but they weren't people that <laughs> listen to cool podcasts like this one. Right, right, yeah. That was a, that was a little bit of a synchronicity there, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I knew who you guys were. Yeah, yeah. Because of where did the road go? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, we got uh, Jerry, Jerry Cthulhu on the line, flying his conspiracy normal flags. Yes. Tell everybody where you, where flag. where you at, Jerry? I'm in North Atlanta, north of Atlanta. All right. Downtown Cherokee County. Okay. And I am the co-host of Knox Monte. Yes, and very good show. first person to purchase a ticket for the Strange Realities Conference. Hey. Yes, you are. You hopped on it right away, man, as soon as I got those tickets up. And we got uh, Sumo. Where are you from, man? Hey. I am yourself. currently out of Birmingham, Alabama also. Okay. Oh, hey. We are not far away, presumably. <laughs> nice all right well synchronicity abounds yeah. all right uh ga over there where you at man yeah uh greg i'm in austin texas and uh i, I want to hear the cat story <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I think yeah, i'm gonna have a good story I, I can feel it okay cool where did it go i don't see it now yeah yeah where's yeah. the cat kitty cam yeah it's uh, uh it's on jerry's oh, okay. there jerry's yeah. got the kitty cam. The, the cat's the cat's there in the chair right next to jerry He's what's what's the cat's over. name jerry her name is slash she's a sister i have a second uh calico who's a bitch she's somewhere else and <laughs> i named her hack so i'd hack and slash with the two cats and my children renamed her snickers <laughs> okay mm. All right. So this, and is, this is Slash. She kept her name. Heather, introduce yourself. Where Where are you oh, at? Hi. We know where you. Well, I know where you are, but everybody else doesn't. <laughs> I'm uh, originally from North Carolina. Actually, I did an episode where we talked about the shenanigans that were going on with Silent Sam and Chapel Hill. Um, but I'm currently in Nashville, Tennessee with you. Hey. And, uh, I live here with my husband, my toddler, and my adorable dog. And we got Mellow Horace, another attendee that was over there with us at uh, at uh, Strange Realities, and we got to hang out with a couple of days after. Introduce yourself, man. What's up, guys? My name is Mellow Horace. Uh, my real name is Jonathan. Uh, I'm from Nashville, and uh, yeah, man, the Strange Realities was a ton of fun, man. I had a lot of fun. I I had never been to a con. So I didn't really know what it was going to be like. And I got to meet Jerry there, too. Um, also on the Cruising with Steak show. And it's amazing. Yeah, you guys should Hell yeah, you are. 
yeah and we and we had an awesome time hanging out didn't we oh yeah that was fantastic man yeah it was just a fantastic night and then getting to go on like a little tour with you guys to check out some some creepy spots in nashville yeah you uh uh, man you got a uh you got a preview of some of the stuff that we're going to be doing for the tour that we're going to give in. Oh, I can't wait. Here. Are we going to the Parthenon? We will be going to the Parthenon. That, right. is, that is definitely oh, on the I'll list. I'm going to be there. Uh, be there. All right. I will see. I will see Daniel there. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Daniel Watrous. Um, I'm up on the Kitsap Peninsula up in uh, northwestern Washington, a little bit of Bigfoot country up here. Nice. And uh, as you can tell, I'm I'm a little bit older, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I've had strange things happen to me my whole life since, since I was a kid. Okay, cool. Yeah, we definitely want to hear we want to hear some of it tonight. Uh, that's what I'm here for, brother. All right, and uh, this guy right here, Grimsteak. Oh, hey, uh, I'm Grimsteak. I'm from uh, north northwest Indiana, like a little south of Chicago. Host a weekly podcast called Cruising with Steak where Jerry's on, Mellow Horace is on, a bunch of our friends. We just bullshit about topics, conspiracies, anything. You know, also talk a lot about anime. I'm just, it's, it's, it's a... Nice. It's a fun time. Nice. Tonight we got to talk about Iowa. Well, no, no. It is a conspiracy, potentially. It could be a conspiracy, yeah. So you never know. Yeah. Well, Booty, Booty like, Judge's dad, who is... Oh, uh, God. Who, oh, the yeah, judge's who, dad is we, from Malta, and he's a Jesuit priest. Oh, well, aren't they all uh, Jesuit priests? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just saying. We, we got a, we got a couple people on the phone here. That two two four number. Who, who's who's this? Introduce yourself. Where you probably, at? It's probably me, Jocko. I'm up here in Chicagoland in the northern burbs, yeah, right on the Wisconsin border. So Bray Road, the beast of Bray Road, is 25 miles from my house. Yeah, yeah. and so Jocko. Jocko has been on this show before. In a lot of, uh, I'm up here in Fox Fox Lake. The Fox Lake. Lake My brother lives in uh, up there by Lake Zurich. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just south of me. Yeah, I'm right off of Route 12. But uh, no, I mean, you know, we got some good stories. Uh, I know the director of Mufon, Sam Morato. I've you know talked with him in the past and stuff. He's a really cool guy. His name came up, I think, on the last pod podcast or so. And uh, he's a really good guy. And, uh, man, there's so much to talk about up here. But there's a lot of high strangeness between southeast Wisconsin and northern Illinois. There's a lot of wacky stuff. Yeah, we, we just talked about the last the, episode. The space between the numbered rural routes and the lettered ones, the alphabetic ones, are is our liminal, liminal zones where all kinds of weird shit goes down. Right. That transition, well, Chicago style <laughs> Mothman. Who's on that five hundred three number? What? That would be me, Steve Stockton. Steve, originally Steve. from East Tennessee, currently living in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I'm the author of the Strange Things in the Woods series. Uh, More Strange Things in the Woods, My Strange World. I host a morning uh, show on the Zombified's channel, Radio Z. Also uh, narrate for Missing Persons and Mysteries channel, and then my own channel, Thirteen Ooh. Past Midnight, and Unicorps Tales. We got a bunch of channels going there. Welcome, awesome. 
Excellent. Steve, welcome, man. You are one of our most frequent guests on Conspiracy Normal. I haven't had you on enough in the last year, so I intend to rectify that. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll change that. Yeah, we will. We will soon. Um, of course, you're on 300th episode, which I appreciate you being on. Uh, we need to, we need, yeah, right you need to come visit Tennessee, it. man. You need to get down here to Nashville. Well, we can, I'm going to be some... moving back there probably this year or early next year. I'm going to be moving to uh, the Smokies and Gatlinburg area. So oh, I'll, nice. I'll definitely come down to Nashville and uh, good. hang out with you. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. That's the roll call. We will, like I said, we'll have more people joining us at, at, joining us at a certain point. But uh, let's talk about some weird stories. Let's, uh, Daniel, you're up there first in the top, man. You joined us first, so you get to go. So let's talk about some let's talk about some weirdness. Oh, I moved to. I, I'm from the Boston area originally. Where I live now is about 30 miles south of Boston, and I moved. We moved to this house with my family. I got three kids and a wife, and we moved here um, about 18 years ago. And it's uh, the house we live in. It was built in 1870, and it's it's just it haunted. Bottom line, <laughs> when I first moved here, I didn't believe in this. I mean, I I didn't disbelieve in ghosts and stuff, but it wasn't something that I really thought much about. And when I heard people's stories, I thought they were full of shit. And then my wife and kids started hearing stuff, and I always said it's an old house, and it's just the creaks of the heating system or whatever. But then I've had three full-size – like, I'm a big dude. I'm, like, 6'4". The shadow – it's not – I don't want to call it a shadow person because it's not, like, the hat man or something that you see in hypnagogic situations. It's just a shadow shaped like a man. And it appeared right in front of me one time. Two other times it walked right by me. Um, my wife and my son have seen it. My old – one of my – my younger brother had seen it one time when he was over. And then up on our second floor, my wife and I have seen um, a little girl, full-body apparition of a little girl walking right at us. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it was That's it was creepy. creepy. My, we were up there. My, the same brother who saw the, the, the guy on the first floor, I call it a guy. I don't know what it is. It's a shadow. But um, – he was over with his family one time. We're upstairs showing him some stuff in my son's room at the time. This was probably like 12 years ago, 14 years ago. And one of his kids hadn't come in the room. And like five minutes later, she came in the room. And my brother asked her, where you been? And she says, I was out there talking to the little girl. There was oh, no kids in the house. So we just, we got stuff all the time. I just noises and shadows and stuff like that. And then. The area we live in, it's like historically, you know, it's Lauren Coleman wrote about it, the Bridgewater Triangle. So there's all sorts of high strangest note going on. Myself and uh, two of my kids have seen UFOs um, and just have had some other weird experiences. My wife and I camp every weekend during the, the good weather and we're, we've got a campsite nearby and we've had some kind of crazy I don't know pseudo spiritual experiences there um, I don't know when I would I had a sister who passed away when I was little I was 14 she was 16 she passed away she came to me in a meditation one day and I swear to God it's like I'm talking to you now I was talking to her and uh, just various just stuff my whole life really going on 
that I never was really open-minded to and would always kind of just push away until I lived in this house and it just hit me in the face where <laughs> reality is completely different than I really thought it was for the first 35 years of my life. So, um, you know, a lot of interesting stuff. I could go into details, but we've got a lot of people here, but that sort of, that sort of stuff so I, going on. I guess you've had kind of like a sea change in your attitude about some of this uh, oh, yeah. material. Yeah. Like I used to, I used to kind of pigeonhole stuff. Like I was, I, I really try to start living a more spiritual life when I was younger, like about 25 years old. I was raised Catholic, but I, I, I'm recovering from that. Nah. <laughs> and I would, I've been involved in meditation practice for over for almost 30 years and, and other spiritual exercises. And, but I would pigeonhole it. I would keep that separate. And then, you know, my professional life, I'm a professional. I, I live in a, I, I work in a, a career that I have to be really logical <laughs> And straightforward and realistic and i always pigeonhole stuff and just uh you know having kids is one thing that opens your mind i think and then raising kids but then doing so in an atmosphere like this it's just my my whole belief system is completely different than it was even even when i was 40 years old i'm in my 50s now yeah. it, it changes it just it's growing it's evolving all the time yeah do you think do you think it was the like the full body apparition that really like, was the nail in the coffin or what was it because that would be it for me yeah that, I that already believe it no it, you know like it wasn't that I disbelieved like I, I right. always had a little interest in kind of paranormal stuff um, but nothing that <laughs> I was engaged with but that's when it's like the difference between kind of believing something and knowing it's real like mm. it's like you know a couple things happened, noises and bangs and stuff that I thought were paranormal. And I thought like, wow, this, you know, it's probably, this is probably, that's probably my imagination. But the first time I saw this shadow figure, I was in this, there's like a small mud room in the, the side door to my house. And this thing just appeared, right, like came up and evaporated right in front of, like there was no, mm-hmm. There's no scientific explanation. Like, there's no weather phenomena or a light phenomena that's going to explain it. It was just, it, it was something that I have no idea what it is. You know what I mean? But it's something that, you know, it, right. it has to check your reality. You know, it's a g- 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 ghost. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means, though. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're like the souls of dead right. people. I don't right. discount that they may be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, like in Graham Hancock's last book, he's talking about how the some Native American cultures and some in the Egyptians believe that we have more than one soul, you know, and mm-hmm. one of the souls stays with the, the body until it's properly taken care of. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anyone yeah, who says a, they know what it is, I think. The Egyptians had that like tripartite division of the soul yeah. kind of concept, too. Yeah. yeah. Which makes, I mean, it's kind of logical in a way. But um, what if the soul is some kind of um, cage to trap spirit? The soul, Technolo- yeah, like a technology that traps your spirit, or like some iconic, like that. Yeah. It's kind of like Daniel on the uh, Dark Journalist. But y- y- to me, like I, my belief system at this point, which is open to change with more information, is like I think there's three parts: is our body, right, which is our physical being. 
Um, there's our soul, which to me represents our intellect, our ego, our emotions, our memories, our likes and our dislikes. You know, it's our personality. And then there's the spirit, which to me is that eternal part, the spark of life, the, the portion that does not stop existing. Yeah. And so whether or not that soul can be divided into those different parts of the the logical part, the emotional part, the, you know, the instinctual part, who knows, you know? All right. So who wants to take it next or should we go in order? Well, I wanted to say something about the spirit idea. Okay. Um, there was something that I saw once that's been really compelling and I swear to God, I saw it on a web comic. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but it was something that was, it was saying something like, if you, like each time we die, we go to whatever is waiting for us at the end. We get sent back into another body that's already, um, that's already existing. Um, and the past and the present and the future all happen all at the same time. And that's something that had come up, I think, in the, in the Knox episode, um, where y'all were talking about, like, how time is, all time that has ever happened and ever will happen is all happening at the same time, just expanding out, um, with this big bang, the space and time are the same thing. Um, and so we experience it in a linear fashion, but time itself is intertwined with space. And so um, as it expands out after the Big Bang, time is also expanding out in all different potentialities and different directions. But that's but every time we die, we come back with one of these other people that either has existed, is existing, or will exist. And we are experiencing existence from each one of these points of view. I thought that was a very compelling way of thinking about it, and I can't get that out of my head. Uh, that's one thing that I've been mulling over lately. Okay. Can I respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to me, like that, I've heard this talked about, you know, scientifically as well as spiritually about this idea that time is a is a um, you know a physical thing, and that it's not it's not how you know the higher beings experience stuff. And and like intellectually, I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know how you experience anything without the quality of time being involved with it. But to me, like, to me, the, the, the spirit, that eternal, and this is based more on my own intuitive feelings, based on readings of basically a, a, a personalized comparative religion study I've been doing for 30 years, is that that eternal part, man, I'm trying to get that back to the, to the pond. You know what I mean? Like, it's a drop from the eternal oneness. And the elimination of the negative desires and the negative things about the soul is what the process of reincarnation is about. When we finally get can free ourselves of those things, are we reincarnated here on some other realm? I don't know. But, you know, it's the elimination of that stuff that wheedles away kind of the, the soul aspect and gets us to the eternal rejoining with the one. But I don't think it's just for me personally. It's not. I go back to God or the universal one or whatever that the one consciousness and then come back again. It's kind of a striving going up, trying to get, get back to that thing. 
But this idea of experiencing time, they say only physical beings experience time. And I think, you know, or materiality. And that's why, you know, supposedly spiritual beings are jealous of us or want to, want to, um, you know, use us either to manifest these things or to be experienced for themselves in some part. So there's some beneficial, whether it's purely carnal or what, to, to being physical. But I think there's a reason why we experience this and we, we go through it. But I can't wrap my head around that part of there being no time and experiencing things. How do you experience something if you haven't been born? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. But I would highly recommend Stephen Hawking's, um, oh gosh, I cannot remember the title of it at this moment. Any of his books. A Brief History of Time. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Brief History of Time. Um, I read it 35 years ago and didn't understand the word of it. (laughs) I will try it again. uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has actually done a lovely job explaining a lot of these kinds of concepts, too. Uh, you know, his, his work is also really good. Um, something that you said, um, you know, maybe we're here for some sort of reason um, that's perhaps carnal since that's how we experience the world. I have, honestly, um, I kind of feel like the reason why we're here is because God wanted to experience sex. Like, not just like literal sex, but also like the melding of two souls coming together and experiencing love like there's this chemical property to that that i think whatever being you want to call the force of creation i think that's what it or he or she or them that's what it wanted to experience and i think that you know you can boil it down to one word just sex but not just not just like high school kids bumping uglies kind of sex i'm talking about like real serious soul shattering sex well, I guess we're really talking about the difference between a positive view of incarnation and a negative view. You have the old kind of uh, Gnostic view that we're being, we're actually being trapped here to um, limit our potential. And then you have the more like Sufi type of view that we're incarnating. Uh, the the divine is incarnating into this realm to experience this realm or for some pro- positive purpose to teach us lesson in our continuing like spiritual evolution. No, I, I agree. I, I, I've read a lot and I like, I, I, I enjoy a lot of the, some of the ideas of Gnosticism, but the overall negative aspect of it, the idea that yeah, this is a prison planet and stuff, it just doesn't jive with me in, intuitively. Like, cause I, I've experienced deep love. I got kids and, and there's nothing, there's nothing I would ever give up to, to not have known and, and, and raised my children. So it's the idea that it's all just this negativity, I think is, is off base for me, but, but the idea that like the creator God who's formed this place in, isn't necessarily the ultimate being that, that, that can ring true to me mm-hmm. and the idea that, you know, Jehovah of the old Testament is completely, you know, like the Christian Gnostics, Jehovah of the old Testament is the creator God akin to Satan or Zeus or something. The Demiurge. Anyway, I'm going on, but. Well, who wants to take it next? Or I'm going to, can I, uh, this is Jocko. Can I chime yeah, in? Absolutely. 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 So, so, um, back in 1991, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, there was a Catholic church called Our Lady of Mount Carmel there in Kenosha. And it was called, uh, I think it was in April. 
in, but it was in 91. It was called the Miracle on 54th Street. And what it was, it was um, group visions in the sense that multiple people saw visions up at the wall on the altar. And it was probably lasting, uh, I would say, for a week. I had heard it on WGN News during, you know, like the noon WGN News. And Kenosha is not that far from where I'm at. So I said to myself, I have to see what's going on up there. One, I'm Catholic. Two, I have to see. Just I have to see what's going on. So when I got there, this this church was packed full of people. And as soon as I walked through the main doors into the church, you could focus what was going up on the wall. And I couldn't believe my eyes. And what I saw on the wall was what I would call like holograms. But what kind of, not creeped me out, but what I saw is you saw this burnt image of Christ in prayer on the wall. So that everybody could see. But then what you saw is pairs of eyes on the wall, just eyes. And they were moving in such a manner to where they were looking at individual people, especially like when new people came walking into the church, the eyes would focus and look at like who's coming in. So as you're watching this, as I stood there and watched it, you know, I pulled myself off to the side, got in the pew, and I'm looking at this, and you could see a rotation of stations of the cross, so to speak. So, you know, you'd see Jesus at the rock, you saw him at the round table, uh, like for the Last Supper, you saw the manger scene, you saw the Virgin Mary holding the infant Jesus. I, I could not believe what I was seeing. And... I was look. I was standing next to this one guy, and I said to him, "What are you seeing? Because I don't want to tell you what I'm seeing, but you tell me what what like you're seeing." And he told me what he was seeing. So what the guy next to me told me what he was seeing matched up to what I was seeing. There was another guy that came in there, and he was uh, he was Jewish. And I said to him, "I go, what do you see?" And he goes, "I see Moses." And I go, "Really?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "You don't see Jesus?" He goes, no, I see Moses. So, so certain people saw things that were might have been associated to their faith. Yeah. But then people that were of the same faith saw similar things. So this lasted for three days, or maybe it lasted four or five days. So the next day, I'm like, I got to go back. I got to bring my camera. Man, and that's kind of taboo. But I said, I'm going to bring my camera and take pictures. I took pictures. I still have them to this day. Some of the images came out. It was re- it's so bizarre because I still have these, and just I go back and I look at these things to see: are they still on my photographs? Did they disappear? Did they alter? And they still are the same, and it's really fascinating. And if anybody that's interested and wants to read more about this, if you were to Google the Journal Times, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Kenosha, Wisconsin, there was a write-up on it. And uh, I don't know how much more in detail things were written about it, but I was talking to the pastor there. He could not say anything about it. He had a gag order. The Catholic Church told him, "Really, do not say anything." He he could not because the Catholic Church has a process, yeah. and you know they can't announce something to be like a miracle. Right. But right. It was so bizarre in nature. I've never experienced anything of that nature. The messaging was good. Nothing. It was all for me. It was like prayer. It was, you know, and I don't consider myself a holy roller, but to see that I kind of take it 
my, for me, it was like a validation, you know, and that's how I took it. But, you know, could, could have somebody had something that was projecting something? Yes, that's all possible because I'm a skeptic. I don't know how they could have, but I don't, you know, because it's like 91. So it's like how tech, how high tech can you get back then? Because it's during the middle of the day and you're yeah. seeing like projections on a wall that are changing and they're fading in and out. And then you're seeing it was like things were, I can't explain this properly, but there was, there was images that were layered on top of each other. And it was like 3D. And it's so... Sort of like bizarre. a magic eye? Now, the one thing it's that... Project Bluebeam. Sort of like one of those What's magic that? eye things where you, you look at the picture and you blow your eyes and you can see it. Yeah, kind of okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because like, cause what was so bizarre, the pattern of the wallpaper mm-hmm. was that such where it could mm-hmm. create that effect. But the thing that was really cool about the altar was there was a candle on the back wall and it had burnt this image of Christ. So everything was around it. But then off the side to the altar, when I had taken some pictures, there was like some wood trim, not directly near it, but off, way off to the side. When I went to go look at the pictures, what I saw on the wood frame was kind of scary because what I saw was like demonic images that showed up on my on my phone uh, photos that was on the wood grain so like skeleton and skulls and horns and stuff it was really and i showed my friend and i said Weird. hey i said i developed this picture i go take a look at this wood trim what do you see here and he goes dude that looks like demons and stuff off to the side uh, well, and i said to him i said how could that be possible how, how could you have you know because for me i guess you know demons could be in a church i don't know but I'm like, how could that show up in a picture like that? You know, so th- that was kind of like a weird takeaway from the whole thing. But uh, I don't know. That's kind of my uh, one bizarre off story. There's many others, but oh. that's, you know, just kind of following along the same theme here, what we're talking about. That's, that's fascinating, Jocko. The, afterlife. The, the wood grain things, I mean, that's that's pretty well-known for psychedelic experiences. I could send these photos over to you guys. I'm going to try and figure a way how to email Absolutely. Some of these images because I have take a them, picture know, of them. I've got like the negatives. Camera phone. Still? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Please. and I'll and I'll shoot those over to you guys because you guys will like really love this. But it, um, but yeah, it it like I don't know what kicked it off. Somebody somebody said to me that there was a girl that was suicidal, and she asked for a miracle, and that's what kicked it off. But that was just hearsay. Nobody knew who the girl was and everything. But as quick it came in, as quick it left. After like four or five days, it was gone. And uh, you know, to be part of a of like a mass uh, group. I mean, to be part. I mean, it's not, it, it'd be one thing if it was just one person. Yeah. But to be like around like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people and seeing something like this go on it was more like impactful for me, at least. You know, uh, just. <laughs> High strangeness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, uh, Greg, Greg yeah. Austin, has anything else happened uh, in that area uh, uh, before or after that? But would, would that be like a, like a window area? Good question. Well, I will tell you this. Southeast Wisconsin is so bizarre in itself because, okay, so you got Kenosha that's on the lake, right? And then you go further west, and then you have Burlington, Wisconsin. Now, Burlington, Wisconsin is bizarre in itself because if you Google Burlington, Wisconsin, there's a woman that gives um, vortex tours 
there's a lot of high strainers, and there's also mounds out there. And then if you go just a little bit to the north, just east of Madison, there is a lake off of Interstate 94 called Rock Lake. Now, what's fascinating about Rock Lake is it's a very deep lake. I think it's like 60 feet deep, but don't quote me on that. But what supposedly is in the bottom of that lake is uh, pyramids. And it's been debated because uh, there's been divers. There's been, there, there's been people that have been investigating this lake, I think, since the 60s or 70s. And most recently, uh, state archaeologists of Wisconsin kind of brushed it off and said, no, glaciers could have created these rock piles, which could have created these pyramids. But then within the last five years, they've done some sonar and they found an 18 foot tall pyramid that's 60 by 100. So it's like a perfect pyramid (laughs) at the bottom of a 60 foot lake. Yeah. So you've got that strange highness. Uh, Then you've got the beast of Bray Road, which is in that general area. So and then on top of it, you've got UFO sightings. You've got Dogman, Wolfman, Bigfoot. You've got all, and then the land here is very spiritual in the sense that with the uh, Indians and the whole area, and once again, going back to like all these different mounds and burial mounds, even where I live, like in the Chain of Lakes area, the Fox Lake area, there's something kind of spiritual, but I would say that's representative of of like the land. You can kind of feel it. Um, Yeah. So, you know, to kind of answer your question, you know, I, mean, I know it's kind of long and dragged out, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going on up here, I think, personally. But. It, it always goes back to Indian mounds. <laughs> it always goes back to Indian mounds. Mm. I tell you, it's... <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on to other personal experiences. Um, who wants to go next? Who wants to take it? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Sumo. I got it. Sumo, yeah. Because that, um, what I like about all the paranormal stuff and the conspiracy stuff is that you start off like we just did, like with Bigfoot or like a ghost, you know, and then in five minutes you're talking about God, which is yeah, good, <laughs> I've good always point, found that Good point. Good point. I've always found that fascinating because yeah. it's like, what, what are we really talking about here, you know? And uh, and so I've had, I had a couple of experiences um, that that started me off. My first was, uh, uh, Oh, and before I forget, I'm largely inspired by this show. I recently started my own podcast with a friend. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the mystical American Patriot society where we talk about stuff like that. It's a M a P S, uh, O C.org. If you want to listen, but it's very new. So I don't know if it's going to last, but we'll see. Um, but I talked about stuff like that, man. I encourage it. Yeah, it's 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 fun because I, I like this spiritual aspect of the paranormal thing. I want to explore that some more. Um, but what happened with me was I was I was uh, I was maybe fourteen, and I lived in uh, pretty rural America, like on a farm. You know, uh, like I, I walked up my backyard, cow pasture to the right, cow pasture before me, horse pasture to the left, and then a field of corn behind that right so every direction something very agricultural um and i me and my friend my friend is is, uh his parents have to go out of town or whatever so he's staying the night with me that night and we're outside just playing around as you know teenage boys do and uh i don't know it's maybe close to midnight out in the middle of this farm and we see two lights begin to come at us 
And there's a road there, and for the first like couple of minutes, I just thought it was headlights, you know, coming down the road. And uh, as I as I'm watching it though, it, it's they're they're not passing with any speed, right? So it must be a car moving real slow. But then as it gets closer, I notice it's not actually on the road; it's sort of over the road. And then it's not even on top of the road; it's sort of just coming across the field, like in the sky. And it gets closer and closer, and I and we both see it, and it's like this black ball this black orb in the sky with basically two headlights on it just pointing like two spotlights just pointing out in front of it and i mean it was it was some sort of ufo i don't know what what else to call it and it was extremely close like i'm talking top of a pine tree you know if you imagine a tall pine tree it's it's skirting the top of that and maybe a block away you know it's it's quite near and I, I, I saw it hover by us for about a full minute, and then the, then the lights dimmed off, and then the thing just sort of... I could still see the black outline of the sphere for a while, and then it just vanished. And that, that was such a... That was an experience for me. I was like, after it happened, I thought, well, if that's real, anything could be real. Mm-hmm. You know, that was sort of the, my change in... in and my, that sort of set me down this path ever since, because seeing that, you know, I didn't know what to make of it for a long time. I thought it was aliens, you know, as most people do. But then the more I thought, thought about it, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not I don't have any evidence it's aliens. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, but that really that was my my start into the paranormal. And then the other thing, which is much more mundane, but which I. um but which for some reason impacted me a lot also, I think it's because it involved a dog and that, that, so my dog died. Um, and we had, it lived in, when it got toward it, when it got older, it was, it was, she was sick a lot. Right. And so she, we had a little space out for her in the garage. Uh, cause normally she was in the house, but there was, you know, she was a lot of, uh, sickness and she was out, out the side. And, and for the last year of her life, there were these concrete steps that led up to the door that we just purchased and sat there. And they would wobble because the le- the bottom of it wasn't quite level, and so when you step on them, they go thump 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 thump, right? So uh, she'd get up there whenever she was hungry, about five o'clock every evening, and it would make that thump sound, and that's how you knew, right? Uh, but then she died, but the thump sound continued for uh, about six months, and it wasn't every day, but it was you know once or twice a week, and I thought, am I hallucinating this? You know, am I? But then, I, then uh, a friend was over, and the thump sound, and she looked over and was like, what was that? And I was like, oh, so you heard it too. So it wasn't just me. And so then I thought, well, oh, is there a dog ghost? What is, is it, you know, is it, now I got into, you know, the residual hauntings of dog. But I never had considered, like, animal ghosts before. And uh, so those two things have really been the most impactful for me uh, in my life. And it's what started me on this whole listening to things like Conspiranormal. Okay. It's a great show. Yep. Thank yeah, you. The weird, the weird experiences will lead you yeah. down the path for sure. Yeah, they, Makes yeah. you dig the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, uh, I got to go set mine up because we're about to go live. But Adam, congratulations on 300 episodes. Thank you, Dude, That's Graham. very impressive. Thank very you. impressive. I, uh, uh, and Serfiel's not there, but tell Serfiel. I'm, I'm glad he's along for the ride too. And bring back Luke. I miss Luke. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was, he may be coming tonight. We're not sure. You know, he's a free spirit. Oh, man. You never, you he's never a free know. Spirit. 
You never know. Um, but uh, he will, Strange Realities 2020, he will be there doing something. I'll find an excuse oh, yeah. for him to be there. Well, we already decided, dude, that's where the Cruising with Steak meetup is going to be happening. So Absolutely. we're just going to bring our podcast and crash the entire thing. Absolutely. I will, I will talk yeah. to you more about that, okay? Definitely. Yeah, yes. Well, congratulations, and uh, you guys take care. So long. Farewell. Thank you, Grim. Yeah. I really appreciate it, man. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. So does anybody have so anything nice. to add to Sumo story or observations? Um, I'll, I'll shoot because um, okay. I don't know how much longer my toddler will allow me to be plugged in here. But Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention talking about like um, having these weird God experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have had an experience which some people consider um, kind of um, kind of negative um, for these um, kind of paralysis in bed kind of situations, but for me it was quite mm. possible. And um, I'm, I had been going through like a spiritually difficult time and I had been praying pretty firmly for several days for God to kind of like really make himself known to me. And uh, one evening, I went to bed a little earlier than my husband, and I I was laying in bed, just kind of mulling everything over in my mind, like one does. And um, I was suddenly struck with um, the sound of wind, like a very strong wind in my ears. And um, I mean, I'm I'm positive, 100% positive, I was awake. Um, and um, I could look around the room, and I couldn't really move. Um, it wasn't um, it wasn't frightening in any way. Um, I felt like the entirety of existence had an intelligence, and it was looking right at me in that one moment. <coughs> and um, it was uh, awe-inspiring. Uh, I don't know. That's like the closest I can come to. Like I, I can't really explain how that felt, but um, I felt like this was my chance to um, talk to God because I felt very strongly that this was God's presence. So I, um, you know, I couldn't move. I felt the sound in my ears, um, and um, and so I, I, I thought in my mind. You know, I prayed. Um, you know, am I, am I looking for you the right way? And the presence said, yes. And I said, well, how do I know that you're God? And without missing a beat, it said, you don't. And (laughs) I feel like that's pretty much what God would say. I mean, um, I feel like if it were an evil or something, it would try to make up some sort of lie or like, I don't know. But anyway, so um, at that point, I kind of felt like the presence was kind of like growing weaker or receding. And, um, you know, I, I prayed thanks. Uh, I was very excited about the experience that I just had. And so, like, I immediately, as soon as I felt like it was gone and the rushing sound left, um, I could move again. And I got up and I immediately, like, told my husband in the next room, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, but, uh, and uh, he even though he's not Christian um, or he's, he's agnostic, 
and even though he is agnostic, he was very supportive of the experience that I had. You know, he didn't just call me crazy or something. Um, but uh, anyway, it was it was a very um, positive experience for me. And I know a lot of times those kinds of um, sleep paralysis is, is what some people kind of file that under. Um, and for them, it's very frightening. And um, and uh, but for me, it was it was very positive. Not to discount people's negative experiences. Uh, everybody has their own experiences in that way. But um, I uh, I do feel like I'm connected to God, and I'm not really a traditional Christian in the sense that I was raised Southern Baptist. But I am certainly far from the teachings that I was raised with. Um, but I felt that I was getting that answer that I was praying for, and it would be ridiculous for me to try to hand wave that away or rationalize it away in some way after I specifically asked for God to make himself known to me. Um, I kind of felt like that was my answer. So um, anyway, I just love to share that. Yeah, I, I, can I ask you a question a about that? Oh, go ahead. Can I, can I ask you about, because I, I, I'm i not going to get into my personal story, but I have some major stuff going through my life. Adam knows, but I don't want to get, get into it. But I've gotten very deep spiritually to try and get me through my issues, my, my problems. But my question to you, because something happened to me, when you heard or felt that, did it feel like, I don't know how to describe this correctly, but did it feel like to you a voice or a presence of authority where you know it was just? Does that make sense? Um. Gosh, I guess the closest I would say is um, it felt it felt loving, but not like not like any kind of love I've ever felt. But it it felt like um, definitely like an authority, but like not like the kind of authority you should be scared of. More like no, no, yeah, exactly. Because my experience came and went. Like, I've been asking, I was praying hard. Like, I was going to church every day, just sitting in the pew, doing rosaries. I, I'm, I'm just going through a lot of tough stuff. And I was asking God, please give me answers. Please send me the Holy Spirit. And then, like, weeks later, I was in an apartment complex doing nothing, thinking nothing. And as I'm walking down the stairs, something hit me. All I could say, I'm not saying it's the whole Holy Spirit, but something said to me, it, 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 said a, it said a phrase to me, and it said, be strong, my child. And I stopped walking, and I said out of my, like, like the next thing I said was, what? I literally just spoke that. I said, I, I said what? Because I couldn't believe what was hitting me. And then, it, and then it repeated that phrase again, be strong, my child. And then what came felt good and then it left like it did not want to possess me that's why i felt it was like authority okay i i know the thoughts that are in my mind right and you kind of know your mind's voice what it sounds like this was not something that felt like it was of my mind's voice. Yeah, that's why i'm just kind of curious the way you felt like about that definitely and i've actually had a weird couple of con like i call them conversations with god and i know that sounds very like Old Testament, very strange. Um, not quite Old Testament level, I don't think, personally, but I remember yeah. I was listening to the radio, I was listening to some news about some very horrible things that were happening in the world, and I was getting 
increasingly agitated as I was driving my car, and it was just me and my by myself in my car, and I just started praying, and I got really angry, and I was like, why aren't you doing something? Do something. Right. And then almost as in, and I felt, it wasn't my internal thoughts, but right. there was a thought that, like, popped into my mind of exactly. do something. Some, like, that yeah. question saying to me, do something, and, 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 and I thought about it, and then it, it continued in, in the way of saying, like, uh, that's what you're there for, um, yeah. that's, that's what y'all are there for, like, what my church is for, um, yeah. but that conversation is very short and sweet, like, it didn't really go on or anything, but, like, that was a very distinct feeling of a separate uh, being or person or something who was speaking mm. directly to me in, during that time of prayer I was having. I, can I jump in? I, I, I've had maybe a handful of times in my life what I call those free thoughts, that it's not a hallucination. I'm not hearing a voice from outside. It's a thought in my head, but it's not, my, it's not me. And exactly. I don't know if it's my higher self, if it's a higher power talking to me or what, but they've always been true. They've always been honest. They've always been loving. And you can tell the difference. Like you, yeah. you know how you think and, and yeah. how it sounds. And, and it's a, it's a different voice altogether. And yeah. I, I think when you recognize that, that's to me, that's truth. And with the, I mean, the spiritual experiences that they're subjective, like you can't, there's no measuring stick for them because everyone's different and, and they can right. be something to everyone else. And that's why one person sees a light in the sky and they think, I believe in aliens now. Another person sees it and just changes their whole way. It's so subjective <laughs> that you just got to find the truth for yourself. And I think that's like kind of what the the battle is here or the, the goal, finding that truth. I mean, just I mean what was the game changer for me is the fact that it said to me, my child yeah. if it didn't say that i don't know how i would interpret that but i still because it said my child i have to confess after it just like came and went and said it twice i actually broke down and cried i yeah. got in my car and i broke up because it was validation for me that god is listening yeah. and i said okay He's telling me what to do now within that message. It is, there are so many layers. It's funny how mm. something could be so, so short and to the point, but could have so many levels and layers of meaning. Mm. And that's the part that I kind of eventually over time, over the following weeks kind of discovered, kind of found out for myself. That's, that, that, you know, that's almost the definition of a symbol is something that has right. layers of meaning. You didn't give it, you know, it's like that whatever it is talks in symbols mostly for some reason. Yes, exactly. Symbols and signs. I, I got one about yeah. a sign that'll blow your mind. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, so uh, this is about just better than 30 years ago, and I was young and a little bit of a wild child, you know? And uh, I was really struggling. Honestly, um, I, I was struggling to get sober from drugs because I, I had a really bad problem. Um, bad to the point I was wrecking my life and I just I was literally sitting on my bed um, one night late at night just uh, and I was ready to just give up to the point I had a loaded gun in my hand I was just ready to commit suicide I, I couldn't oh, sure. do it anymore and 
There just there seemed to be absolutely no escape from the drugs. And instead, you know, I just I, I put the gun down and I just I just I closed my eyes and I just said one little simple thing. I said, God, if there is anything else for me in this life, please show me because I cannot carry on this way. And I was pretty spun out. I probably shouldn't have been able to sleep, but I, I did manage to that night. And I got up in the morning and I had had this incredibly powerful vision through the night. I don't really want to call it a dream because it was much more powerful. And it was a vision of a dream that I had had and had let go. And I'm a musician. I play drums. And it was a vision of me behind this blue drum set on a darkened stage with some other people that were somewhat shadowy type figures. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know. I didn't have much of the way to fade. So I said, all right, I'm getting ready. I'm going to work. And I, I thought or prayed. A little bit before I went out my front door, I said, "God, please, I I have no faith in this. You gotta give me some kind of sign here." And so I kissed my wife. Walked out my front door and I saw literally hanging on my doorknob, one of those little doorknob hangers from the Christian Fellowship down the street, the open door Christian fellowship right down the street from where I live. And what makes that even more interesting is within a few days, I had an opportunity. I got out of town, got up to Northern Arizona, got clean and sober. Been that way ever since. Thank you. And within five years, the rest of that vision that I had had, uh, came to pass. So I got myself a little drum set, that? met some other musicians, started writing some music. Everyone's watching you. And then a day came where there I was on that darkened stage out under the sky. Uh, we were actually playing a benefit show for a, a new school being built out on the reservation. But it, it came to pass, that vision, when, it, when I prayed and said, show me that there's something else. And, well, there you go. That's that's cool. That is a cool story. Amazing. Who wants it to do Told you what you needed to see to to, to keep going. All right. It's it left me just with a feeling of hope, and it makes it, it just sharing that makes me feel good because I, mm -hmm. I was so hopeless to the point I I literally. I, I was ready to just leave the planet, and now I've got to write a lot of beautiful music. I've gotten to uh, play it for a lot of wonderful people. I've got to share some some love with uh, a lot of people, and uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that every day. That is definitely a uh, story to be shared, for yeah, sure. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. It was very real. Real experience. Who wants to take it next? Well, maybe uh, who's who wants to go? Um, Don't everybody? Go. Okay, go for it, Greg. Greg, <laughs> let's do it. I, I, I was listening to uh, uh, you, Adam, and you mentioned 
uh, this happening to you. And uh, it, 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 it rung a bell. Um, my yep. uh, wife and I uh, went up to uh, Dallas to visit my son. And uh, my wife's got a great talent at finding interesting little Airbnbs wherever we go. And uh, we found this nice house that was uh, really close to uh, White Rock Lake uh, in, in Dallas. And uh, here we are back at Rock Lake again, right? Uh, hmm. So um, the, and, and that area has its own uh, Lady in White type stories also. Uh, there, there's there's supposed, uh, supposedly a, uh, a woman that uh, he, uh, who, who walks uh, by the lake and uh, some people have given her a ride and then she disappears in the car and, uh, and you know, just like the back seat is, is wet because she was wringing wet from the lake or something. So that area has a little bit of a odd history. It's a beautiful place. Uh, I, I, I fell asleep on the couch. Uh, everybody else went, went to bed. So, so, so I got up about six in the morning and uh, was going to make the coffee for, for everybody. So so when they got up, it'd be all you know ready to go. So I get up, make, make coffee, go crash on the couch again. As I'm laying there on, on the couch uh, and I'm, I'm uh, asleep on my stomach, uh, I feel somebody uh, put a knee uh, on the couch right about uh, next to my side and then throw a leg over with their other knee and then uh, lean in to me uh, and, and put their face right against my face. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I turn around to see, like, you know, who is this? And there's nobody there. And, and, and you can literally feel... Uh, you know, like the breath of the person, or, or uh, and like the weight of of a person that just sort of, uh, I don't know, just straddled you. That just just got you know, just like it was a familiar thing that uh, a boyfriend girlfriend or a husband wife would would uh, would do, and it uh, and it wasn't scary. It it, it was uh, uh, I, I, it was comforting. It it, was, it felt like somebody. That I knew uh, was just going. Oh, hey, you know, come to check you out. See if you're okay. Um, that that, uh, that was like last August, I, I guess. Uh, this uh, this took place. Uh, we've had other um, odd things happen, and uh, I'm glad that uh, a few of them happened with my wife in the room, so she knows I'm not completely nice. But she's seen some of this as well. We stayed at the, uh, I think it's the Adolphus Hotel in, in, in Dallas, which is, again, uh, some kind of a, uh, a history of uh, happenings there. Uh, as we were leaving, uh, and we were, we were on the 14th floor, um, they, they've got a, these big uh, old, uh, they're kind of like, just like a pane window, but, but they're actually old doors, okay? And... Uh, there's no balconies or anything, uh, and anything like that is usually sealed up because they don't want you jumping out of the window, you know. And uh, just as we were packing up to leave, one of the doors just uh, just opened, and, and it opened with uh, with quite a force uh, to push the curtain out and everything. So um, I, I'm not sure uh, what that is, but you know that that's uh, I guess stuff that kind of follows us around. Uh, that happened uh, once before 
when we lived in uh, San Antonio as well, uh, probably back in uh, 2010 or so. Uh, our back door would open um, by itself uh, rather forcefully, quickly. And uh, with that, I would hear uh, like a woman's voice uh, call out. Not, not saying anything in particular, but just sort of like a announcing themselves, you know, like a hoo kind of a thing. Like, like somebody just came in and, and was checking to see if somebody else was in the house type of thing. Uh, and that happened three or four times while we were there. Uh, you know, old, old house, I don't know that age really has anything to do with that type of, you know, I, uh, that type of uh, presence. It, it's just, it really has to be old to be, you know, haunted, quote unquote haunted. But um, uh, we had that uh, happen uh, quite a while. Just here in the house in Austin, uh, the strangest thing we've got here would be uh, it feels like a cat gets on the bed. And that'll happen with, with both of them. Like, we'll be laying there, and they'll both turn and look like, you know, like what just got on the bed. And it's something small and light. Have, have uh, you had a cat that has passed away any time in the house? No, or I, I, that I you know of? I have a cat, but, but I don't Really? Know. Okay. And, and she'll be across the room. Yeah. And uh, so whatever is uh, brushing up against me, I guess it got bigger in Dallas. Huh. Now, it, what uh, what Greg is referring to, um, I don't, you guys have probably heard all, you probably all have heard this, but my experience of uh, being in kind of like almost this, like this waking dream state where I felt like a female presence enter the room and then like come in and um, basically spoon with me and I could feel that it was a female <laughs> and then I woke up and uh, literally turned around to see if someone was there and uh there was no one there was no one there but it was that viscerally real for me that uh i thought that there was someone there and that i had that reaction and i i, I talked about this uh with jerry and nish and uh, of course serfiel here on the uh nox mint the episode we do with nox mente a couple two two or three episodes back and uh greg actually got in touch with me and told me that um he had had a similar experience and uh since then uh, some other people have told me well of course nish told me she had a similar experience which was kind of essentially negative but others have told me that they they've had similar experiences too and uh i think uh, recognized experience mirrors each other in that what i felt was like it was not a malevolent kind of thing it was very much reassuring and it, it was a, it was strange there's something really, if I can say something about, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's something really weird about the, this phenomenon where a, an entity or what have you gets in the bed with you because it's so intimate, but it's not always like a, like a sexual thing in any way, but it's just, I don't know. It's always fascinating to me. My grandmother actually, her husband passed away. She said for about two weeks, something would lay in the bed with her. It would the bed with her and lay there with her every night and she said that she liked it and that it was her friend and it made her feel comfortable right right I guess that it's always just like weirds a, me out yeah, it's like a familiar thing if it's yeah. not erotic it's just kind of like a yeah familial familiar 
It's intimacy without sex. Yeah. Yeah. And there's Jerry. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Katie, you chimed you know, in. Once- you should go next. Oh, who's who's chiming in there? Is that Jocko? Okay. Yeah, no, the only the only thing here, I'll, I'll just drop something really quick here. You know, here in Chicago, we have uh, Resurrection Mary. You guys know this one? Very famous. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, so, you know, the whole, the whole thing was back in the 30s, this woman got in a fight with her boyfriend. She ran out into the road. You know, she left the ballroom, ran out in the road and got hit by a car and it was hit and run and they never found the guy. So throughout the years, since the 1930s, people have seen her walking along the side of the road. People have picked her up and she's disappeared in their car or, you know, so it's kind of like this, not a similar theme, but, you know, you have a woman ghost, you know, it was some type of heated love romance, you know, upset. She goes out. I mean, a lot of this hasn't really been proven in terms of the whole argument. Like people don't know. They haven't pinned it down who it was. You know, there's been speculation of the different uh, women that it could be. That's that's actually buried at Resurrection Cemetery in uh, Justice, which is just outside of Chicago. But along Archer Avenue, that's where people will see her. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of bizarre how throughout the years it just, you know, you just it just resurfaces. You know, it just never dies. It's just like an ongoing yeah. ghost story. And, and, and there's, there's a very visceral thing with the Resurrection Mary experience, too, because a lot of these guys that, that said that they saw her, they actually danced with her in right. the they ballrooms. Her, yeah. And then it's, they took her home, right. and they took her to the cemetery, and, of course, she disappears. And, it, you right. know, I wonder if there's a similar aspect going on to what Greg and I experienced the same thing that we experience, you know, like obviously if you dancing with somebody, you're feeling physical contact with them. And that's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, wow. I never it sounds of sort of like a way. It sounds like an incubus succubus sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking. It about. has a similarity. I think there's a did, similarity. It feel, did it feel, uh, you said it didn't feel malevolent at all. No, but aren't incubus succubi supposed to be sort of bad? Yes. I don't quite know my incubi yes. succubi lore. Yes. They, yeah, they're, they drain they're your energy. They're, they're parasitic demons. So they yeah, drain your right. energy. They're generally considered uh, okay. pretty negative. So, but okay. they'll they'll do it through pleasuring you. Mm. Right, Adam. Did you feel drained at all? No. No. In mm. fact, I felt pretty refreshed when I woke up. Mm. It was it was an interesting. I mean, it was it was interesting. Do you think if things had progressed, you would have felt drained? Was it, was it like trying to seduce you and it didn't quite make Good it? Good question. It hasn't come back, and it, it, it hasn't come back since then. So I really don't know the answer to that question. So maybe sure. it's like incu- it's like a succubus foreplay. Yeah, you it physically drained. Your balls were drained. It, it very could be. Yeah, I woke up. To, I woke up too soon. Yeah. Adam, right. was there anything in your going on in your life? Were, were you feeling lonely, or had you been? You know, there's a lot going in my life right now, brother. I don't really want to go into that. He wasn't in his own house when it happened. I was in my own house, Jerry. I thought you were at a friend's house. No, 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 no. It was the shadow person. Never mind. No, that was was, was me, I think. Yeah, that's Serafiel. Yeah. um, I was in my bed, in my house, in my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who wants to take it? What what kind of stories are we telling? Personal stories, personal experiences. So, so, weird stuff no one has heard, Jerry. 
2015, like before I got into this whole thing, right? I was total skeptic. It's all nonsense. You die, you die, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I somehow stumbled upon Simon Parks on YouTube and was watching one of his videos about lizard people and all this crazy shit that I'd never heard before. Mm. And I was cooking hot dogs on my barbecue. And I, and he, he was talking about how everyone sees UFOs and there's tons of UFO stuff on video on YouTube, like secure team stuff, like really weird, probably mostly military stuff, but whatever. Anyway, I get up to go outside to flip my barbecue stuff, and I'm like, why can't I ever see a UFO? And I look up, <laughs> and floating over my neighbor's house is this orange orb. Mm. Uh, it was about the size of the moon, and it wasn't the moon because it was in the east. Mm. And um, I'm sorry, it was in the west. And it looked like a perfect, a perfect sphere with a candle flickering on the inside. And it wasn't a balloon because it was making right turns and going back and forth over this house. And I watched it just slowly move away off to the horizon where I couldn't see it. And it just totally changed my viewpoint on a lot of stuff. And then I saw it again with my family mm-hmm. four weeks later in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Was it the think- same one? It looked exactly the same. That's how awesome. Far, how far away was it from the first place you saw it? Uh, I don't know how far it is. 700 miles? Oh, 400 miles? I'm not really sure how far it is. It was a 10-hour drive. How's that? Wow. <laughs> and it, it totally changed me. I was like all into aliens and stuff back back then and like, oh, we're going to have first contact soon. I'm big in the disclosure movement, all that stuff. And now I'm completely 180 from there. <laughs> Have you seen anything like that since or have gone out and tried to see stuff like that? Every night, dude. Haven't you seen my YouTube channel? Yeah. Does anyone else have any from for years? So, does anyone yeah, else have I'm any done. like recurring things like that? Like where it's a similar experience that you've experienced throughout your life for at least two or three times? I also want to add too that seeing it with my family gave me that sense of satisfaction yeah. that Jocko was talking about yeah. seeing that apparition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the way you were describing it, though, it sounds like a bunch of different technologies that I can think of. But yeah, you know that that sort of thing where you like you think about like I want to see one and then you do that sort of stuff really leads me to be skeptical of it of it being aliens, like the extraterrestrial hypothesis. That seems like it's more sort of a I don't know psychic spiritual phenomenon or something. Uh, yeah. That's not Absolutely. to say there couldn't also be aliens in a separate category of UFO sightings, right? But look at like the Stephen Greer CE five protocols. Yeah, what, what is that all about? Right, right. You said something that blew that kind of blew my mind because here in Fox Lake there was two incidences that, for me personally, that where when you said it was an orange globe. So okay, so here in Fox Lake, the Fourth of July, they used to shoot fireworks like off the lake. So all these boats gather up and everything. And right before uh, the sun went down <laughs> over the lake, I don't know how high it was, but when you said like an orange gl- like uh, globe, I would say this thing was like the size of like a basketball yeah. and it like just shot in. 
And I said to my wife, I go, what the hell is that? I go, it looks like, and like, is that a balloon? I go, what is it? And it was, you know, but this was like years ago, like I'd say early 2000s. And uh, it just popped in and popped it. Like it just zoomed right out, like real quick, just like, shh. and then there was another time um, one evening in the summer where I was looking outside my porch and down the street coming, approaching me. And then it went over my house was another basketball orange globe. But what blew me away, what you described, it looked like there was like a flame from within it. That was like, you know, when you see a flame, like in a candle Yep. and this orange, uh, orb, it had this appearance of like a flame from within it. And I ran out the house and it just went over my house and then up and then up and over the tree line. Yep. Cause it was just right above the tree line up and over to the lake. Yep. And what I couldn't, what I couldn't comprehend, I said to myself, could that been a Chinese lantern? But then I said, well, why? But I go, but I go no, it couldn't because it was like a spear. Right. So when you it was semi opaque too, right? Semi opaque. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yep. But you could see like this, like flame from within. It was like flickering, you know, like yep. when a flame kind of way it has like that wave movement. That's but it was a complete orange was, yeah. basketball size. And the flame was orb. at least that was my experience. The yeah, flame was there. It wasn't like on a candle. Yeah, yeah, exactly such. Yeah. Are you saying it's basketball size, like? If you were up close to it, it would be basketball size, or it was that far away that it appeared basketball size? When I held out my arm with a nickel, that's how big it was. Okay. I made a youth In my experience, I took it was pictures. above the tree line, it was a basketball size for me. So yeah. you both have basically seen the same thing. I've seen yeah. it twice, yeah, with my family. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's some kind of surveillance drone. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what to make of it. I, I will tell you. I thought for me that it was not spiritual, but I didn't think it was alien. I did not have that feeling like, oh, that's a- alien. But then I didn't know what to make of it. I, be I don't believe in aliens. So. I, I, th- I think we have a new arrival. Hey, y'all. Hey. And I'm gonna go. I got to take off and do cruising with steaks. All so. right, Jerry. Thanks for joining Hi, us, man. Thank you for having Thank me. You. It's Absolutely. been great meeting all you guys. Take care and all hope right. to see you at the conference in September. So. Absolutely, man. Hubba hubba. Sweet Jerry. Bye. How are my levels? You're good, Jennifer. Sounds great. What's awesome. up? Good to hear from you, Jennifer Campbell, who uh, came out also from. You're in Arkansas, right? That's right. Yeah, and uh, she came out also to. Uh, hang out with us at uh, strange realities last year it was a good time had by all hopefully you're gonna be back all right that's uh, the plan we're we're telling everybody's personal stories so far uh mellow horace katie and daniel have not gone so who wants to take it i can go next because uh, i gotta get off here soon i gotta be up at four okay four. yikes all right yeah i know you're not gonna um, abandon us for cruising mistake are you so <laughs> no, no, I really am going to bed. I already told him I'm probably not going to make we, it. We we stole their shtick tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I told Grimstake. I told Grimstake. I, I I told Grimstake I ripped him off. I got the idea. So. <laughs> well, you did it one hour before, so it gave him some time to pop into. So we've already covered some like UFO stuff and. Um, I kind of feel like switching it up a little bit, like how I got kind of 
rolled into all of the spiritual and paranormal and ufology and cryptozoology and all that good stuff. So um, I started hanging out with some friends of mine at my first job. I was a dish boy at a pizza place and started hanging out with a group of guys that lived in the house that were from Vegas. And uh, they had... uh, Jerome Volo, Mel Chizadex, The Flower of Life. And I picked that up and started reading about that and didn't really go anywhere from there, but um, started watching the spirit science stuff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that at all, but kind of no. that's kind of how I dip my toes into the supernatural par se. And, um, so I started watching those videos, and, and uh, one of them was on astral projection. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. I was really like, what is this? Like, you're telling me that I can fly around and do all these cr- these crazy things and even control my dreams and all this? So I thought that was really cool. So um, for probably a good month or so almost every night i was trying to like do this i was trying to like look up a bunch of videos on it uh putting some headphones on with the bio neural beats things like that nothing really got me there though i would start to feel like i was falling asleep and then wake up with the headphones still on and be like ah damn it and then just go to sleep and just try the next day so one night, um, I was staying at my dad's house primarily, and I was trying it there. Uh, but one, like one of the weekends within that month, I stayed at my mom's house, and um, I tried it that night and like looked up a few things online that like if there's anything that I could like eat, like vitamins or certain types of food that would make my dreams more vivid or whatnot so i mean i had some melatonin and for some reason it said cheese is something good to eat but i wasn't going to eat like a bunch of cheese so i just had like a little bit of like a cheese stick right so i had a little cheese stick had some melatonin um i didn't smoke weed i really if you're ever gonna try to do this i i suggest that you don't get high before you go to sleep it will not dream killer work (laughs) yeah it will not really work. I mean, I'm a daily smoker and I rarely dream, but when I do, I have a very profound, vivid dreams. Um, probably because I can remember them. So um, that night I laid down and I did my normal routine of trying to get into it. So basically what I had to do is I had to mantra to myself, mind awake, body asleep, mind awake body asleep and just basically like had a mantra that over and over again um i tried to relax my body from my toes up and just like focus on that as much as possible i would count backwards from 100 to as well i would just i would do that until i got so bored that i just turn over and go to bed a lot of the times this night was different so um I told myself, mind awake, body asleep, mind awake, body asleep. And then it almost felt like a, sl- like a slow m- 
moving weight was being pressed upon my body, but it wasn't like hurting. It wasn't like a pressure or anything like that. And when I did the real the relaxation of my body that night, when I did the whole toes to like my head, I could really feel it. Like I could feel my toes getting like drifted away into nothing. Like I was leaving my body all like all the way through. So um, as I felt that weight, I was not really thinking. I was kind of just aware and felt myself floating up above my bed and it was pitch black in my room but i could like see like everything around me right but i only could see the ceiling because that was what i was looking at i think that i was just aware that i was that i was leaving my body because i do that every night i mean we we all do that but the, but the like but at that time I was consciously aware that I like got myself to that state like on my own like it was a organic thing it didn't just happen because I feel like when you when you go to sleep you don't really remember the last five or ten minutes before you do it but for this I was extremely focused so for this I like lifted above the bed could see everything around me in a pitch black room. It was almost like everything was blue. And I turned around and I saw a spiral cord on my body attached Mm -hmm. to the person that was me in the bed. And I just was like, it felt so natural. I was like, Oh, well back to this again. But it was like the first time that I remembered that I could have that experience. So I just like saw myself. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go flying and just flew through the ceiling like Superman. And that's all I remember. And I'll stop there because there's another time that I did it and it was an accident. So if anybody has anything to ask or anything like that before I get on to the next story, because it's a lot shorter. Did you feel like when you were leaving, like it was a rush? Like if you had like a third eye, like on your forehead, did you, did you feel like it's like a total swirling, rushing feeling? Like it's moving fast. Like you're Uh, moving fast out. It felt that. It felt extremely fast when I flew, but (laughs) it was more like a, it was more like a, like a tingly feeling like like you yeah. know when your arm is asleep it's right. like that but you're not on you're not like oh my arm's asleep this is making me feel weird uh it's not like that it was more like comfortable and like tingly and yeah. like it, i didn't i didn't feel it that much on my third eye i wasn't really like i didn't really i wasn't aware of that that kind of stuff yet i mean i did like pick okay. up the flower of life book and like dabbled in it but i was only 17 mm-hmm. at the time i was just more focused on oh i want to i want to go flying in my dream or i want to control my dream right you know so that's kind of what I, what i was focused on so kind of yes but the rush really really <laughs> yeah. hit me when i flew through my ceiling that was like i can't if 
yeah. it was i've taken a lot of psychedelics and stuff like that and i've had a lot of crazy like oh i'm yeah. I'm, I'm peaking that was like the highest i've ever been when i flew through my ceiling <laughs> that was incredible wow <laughs> one last question did, did you feel like you were guiding yourself or that you were being guided by something else like something was i was you? i was guiding myself completely I was fully like, like, this is like, this is me doing this. I don't remember anything past flying through my ceiling. That's it. That's all I remember. And woke up the next day, like, whoa, like <laughs> that was crazy. I was so young at the time yeah. and I've had a lot of experiences like since then that or you know, like I've seen ufos or what i thought were you know some of that kind of stuff but that was something that i was like baby steps i'm just gonna learn how to a lucid dream type type thing we we just had somebody join us Who, who's online yo what's uh -oh. up uh -oh. <laughs> 300 shows congratulations thank you Tim. <laughs> Hey, who is this absolute maniac I've been listening to talking about flying through a ceiling and shit? Well, well, you've, it's I'm Jonathan, sure. dude. I met you. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> met him. I met you at the con. Yeah. Okay. I met a lot of people at the con, dude. Come on. I was the youngest one you met. Well, Did you have a hat? Probably, yeah. yeah. He's got a hat I now. I had the hat. I have a different hat now, but I had a hat. <laughs> was it like a ball cap? I kind of remember you with a hat. Cap. The ball cap. Yeah, man, I was talking to you outside for a little bit. That's yeah, cool. we smoked butts outside a bunch. Yeah, all right, yeah. I remember you. Yeah, I think you told me you were like, you weren't sure about the flat earth, and I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> it's all right, dude. You don't. I didn't say I wasn't sure. I said it's just ridiculous that people even, like, I don't want to get into that. Please don't hate on me, but, like. This is some revisionist history, guys. He was saying all kinds of shit where he was like, I don't, I'm not still on the fence about this flat earth thing. I'm like, no, no, dude. Not me. <laughs> so congratulations. You got nine nine people on the call. Yep. I was expecting more people uh chatting away here. Yeah, well we had we well I think we were up to twelve at one point. So we, we, oh, st we, nice. we, st we still may we still may get there at some point. So uh Excellent. We, we were just going down the line talking about every everybody's personal experiences. So uh Jonathan has gone. That leaves Daniel and Katie. Who wants to go? <laughs> Jennifer, since you joined us, we'll we'll, we'll do you and we'll have you in a little bit. Unless that's fine. Okay. I can go. I don't have. All right, I don't do have it. anything really cool. Okay. Are you well, sure? I've I'm always sure you been. Do. <laughs> no, I mean something might come up later, but I can't think. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply of anything right now really but um i've always believed i'm not very sensitive i don't really have experiences my husband on the other hand is very sensitive um and he wishes he wasn't <laughs> but he and i went to college together and uh if sumo's still on the line he might know of the university of montevallo 
yeah. Like many uh, colleges, it was haunted. And there are stories like in every building, um, and almost everyone you ask would have an experience to tell you about. One of my favorites is we have a university police officer who was actually chased out of the science building um, when she was trying to go through and lock up everything. A black shadow just chased her out. Mm. Like, nope, she noped out of there. Um, And right across the street from that building is where my now husband and I lived with like four other people. And um, like the first day we moved in, Zach is my husband. He saw the hat man, actually, a hat man. I didn't know that was the name used for it at the time, but he saw a black shadow man walk across the hall and he had a fedora on. And things always happen there, like faucets on and off, doors opening and closing. Um, And Zach heard laughing in his ear. Nobody would say in there, stay there alone. And this is my short little story. It was about 1 a.m. I was staying at the house alone. Um, I woke up to go to the bathroom. So I was awake. I woke up and went to the bathroom. Then I got back in the bed. And suddenly I heard, bam, 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 like on the wall over my bed. And my that room was at the back of the house. So I was like, if someone is messing with me, this is ridiculous. And I ran outside my bare feet and everything. So I was going to like catch whoever was doing this to me. And of course there was nobody there. And um, I was standing outside looking around in the middle of the night. And some people were walking down the sidewalk um, coming home from the bar. And I just yelled at them. I was like, was that you? And they were like, what? <laughs> and just kind of kept on walking. And I realized I don't think anybody did that. I don't think anyone was pranking me. How would they have known that, I was the only one at the house and that's exactly where I was sleeping. I had just woken up at that moment, you know? So um, I never, never stayed at that house alone again. As, as few experiences as I've had, they really do scare me. As interested as I am, they really scare me. So um, that's one of my favorite but little stories to tell. That's pretty scary. That is scary. <laughs> That shadow man guy is. <laughs> That's the second time that uh, the shadow man has been mentioned tonight. By the way, you guys weren't here for. We had a couple in studio guests talked. One of them talked about that. And the banging on the wall. Why does he wear a hat? Like, what's cool. the? What's the deal with the hat? Nobody's after him. I don't think the hat man <laughs> is any one particular entity, but it is a popular form for entities to take on for some reason. Are we sure it's a hat? Are we sure it's not just his head? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> That's, a weird That's a very good question. <laughs> like a, like uh, a cone head, but not a cone. <laughs> But also, that guy I met a- at Strange Realities wore a hat, so who knows? Oh, oh no. Yeah. Hat man. <laughs> yeah, you could be hat man. Is that Katie from the Strange Realities event also? Yes. That's me. Oh, it's just like old home week. Hey, thank you for the nice message you sent me on my birthday. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Hope it was great. You're the best. <laughs> well, that's all I got, Adam and Sir Fail. That's all you got? Are you sure? For now. Okay. Anybody, I guess. Does anybody <laughs> want to add anything to that? 
banging on walls. I uh, that's pretty wild. Wall banging. I uh, had a friend of mine's mom. She told me a ton of stories. I think I told Adam and Serfiel about um, when there was the train wreck. I had a friend of mine that said that she saw somebody that used to work on the. the uh, tell every yeah yeah tell everyone about this. This train. is about a real famous train wreck here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So she 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 basically just told me a story of uh, when she was working out of a building oh. that was very close to where this train wreck was. It was um, the train wreck of nineteen eighteen. Right? Eighteen. Yeah. It's called the Dutchman's Curve. And yeah. It, it was it the was... biggest train wreck in the world to date. Yeah. As so far she as was loss working of life, yeah. Mhm. So she was working at a building that was very close to where it went down at and she saw she's seen tons of stuff within her life and uh she's seen UFOs in front of her car and a bunch of other shit like that. So anyways, she you know, she seems like a normal, you know, chick. She's just talking to me about all this and she, she uh, tells me about um, this train man, you know, like a conductor-looking guy that would, like, come to see her, like, every time she was about to leave work. Like, she would either be out, like, like, like the train man would either be sitting outside uh, watching her go to her car. It was never, like, weird or creepy. He just wave, and she just called her the train man. And um, she uh, would, like, be getting ready to lock up, and he would somehow, like, physically grab her keys and say, no, I don't want you to leave yet. You know, I want you to still, like, stay here and whatnot. Like, he didn't really talk, but that's just kind of the vibe that she got. And um, so she started talking to some other people about what she was seeing there. Um, So they supposedly called in and exorcist of some kind or something like that because the feeling that the friend of hers got was that there's a lot of souls that are that are still trapped there that like need to leave so she showed up there because it was the property that she worked at i think that she ran the uh, company there um so she was there with the people that came to basically like banish all of the spirits there so she tells me word word for word that there's a hill um, at the back side of the, the building that she works at and right in between the building there's the railroad tracks and up on top of that hill um, right as they were getting ready to start like saging or doing whatever I have no idea what they did there she didn't really get into detail um, but they told her that she needed to leave and when they were telling her this, she looked on top of the hill and saw like hundreds of people, like spirits, like there, like sitting on top of the hill. Wow. And um, she was like told that she needed to leave and not come back until they were done. So she left. And whenever she came back, that whole feeling, the whole weird vibe that she had was like gone. She didn't see any of the spirits that she saw before because she's she I, I forgot to mention that that she saw the train man and she also saw a lady with a child too as well. Oh, man, um, yeah, there was a yeah. lot of people that 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 died. That was one of the, if not the largest 
train wreck in the United States. Seraphiel knows a little bit more about it than I do. Yeah, I think it was it was the biggest loss of life in the world to that point. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, that's a Seraphiel Warren too. So yeah, it was mostly so, workmen. Yeah, so she she basically um, said that there was no other weird vibe there. That the lady was gone, the child was gone, but but the train man is still there. Yeah. The train man basically said, and she said, she said his, she said, she, she said that he said his name. I forget what it was, but he eventually did speak and say his name. I forget what it was. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I used to, um, in when I was in high school, I had a really good friend who lived over by there, and we used to hear, we used to hang out. We were a bunch of crazy metalheads, and we hang out in that uh, that golf. Uh, golf course there McCabe and in the middle of the night and stuff we'd hear weird noises coming from over there and I never even heard of the train wreck I'd never heard of it either we go walking over there and and at that at that place we definitely got some weird weird vibes I had no idea of the history yeah we need you need to take me over there yeah Yeah, she she had no idea that there was a train wreck there because she was wondering like she would talk to the dude and be like what happened like why are you here and like i i forget to mention like every time that i tell this story which i've only told it to maybe you know two or three people is who you know who am i going to walk up to in my day-to-day life and start telling this to you it's looking at me like what the hell are you saying you're crazy so she also told me that he said that there was a train wreck and then she went on this whole you know she went on like a google search to figure out what he was talking about because she had no idea that there was even that there was even a train wreck like literally a hundred feet from the building that she worked at you know Uh, and that's just that that story blew my mind completely (laughs) and that was only the 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 third one that she uh told me because she also told me that she had an encounter with the freaking hat man too as well we should go over there man sometime soon i know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, we we, should we we need to we need to maybe we could add that i want to see that train man maybe we could add that to the tour yeah and you can give the you can tell everyone about the train yeah track changer i don't know uh all right the conductor Uh, no, he's the he's the man who switches the tracks. Line yeah. switcher. Yeah. Line. Okay. Lineman. Yeah, yeah, lineman. Daniel, we want to hear some Bigfoot stories, man. Okay, I I got one that's got uh, a pretty good one. About it's got some knocking going on. Uh oh. Okay. Some wilderness yeah, guys. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really trippy. Totally freaked me out too. Um. I, I was up in this canyon, you know, backpacking by myself as usual. And uh, it's about my third or fourth time up in this canyon. And, uh, yeah, I've been up there before, and it was just kind of a eerie, kind of a creepy canyon. Just had some really weird vibes to it, you know, to the point where, you know, one time I was up there, and uh, I was, I was going to spend the night, and I just – I just got hit with this instant rush of just absolute panic and fear. And it was like somebody hit me with a, a thought last, you need to leave. And mm. I, and I left, <laughs> I left. Uh, I, I, I got out of there as fast as possible, but uh, I, I didn't let that stop me. So I, uh, I backpacked up in there and this is up in a wilderness area. There, there ain't no people up there. And, and when I go alone, I am alone. 
and uh, I, I got this really cool spot, and there's a nice little spring, you know. I figured I might see some critters here and then, there. Um, and I'm just settling in. I got a, I got a really nice campfire going, and and uh, I'm just chilling, just just relaxing, re- getting ready to turn in for the night. And uh, I'm in a steep, steep mountain canyon, but there, there's game trails. And I hear this kind of a snap like an animal stepping on a tree branch. It's pretty unusual. They don't usually do that. And then it comes again, snap, thump, 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 snap. And I thought, oh, God, I got a moose coming in on me. This is big. Whatever's coming at me is huge. And so I climb up out of my sleep bag, and I'm, I'm – throwing wood on the fire as fast as I can. And uh, I grab my light. I got a really good flashlight. There's a game trail right near me. And I'm, I'm lighting up the sides of this canyon. I'm looking. I, I was sure it was a moose. You know, seemed reasonable. Sounded really big. And there's nothing there. Nothing at all. It's made me kind of scratch my head and wonder. Uh, nothing to be seen. And yet I know I heard something big coming down the side of that mountain. And so I throw some more wood on the fire, and I'm just sitting there. I'm a little bit freaked out at this point, wondering what's going on. And then the tapping starts, mm. and it's this—it's the sound. And it—it—it—it wasn't—it wasn't a wood knock, but it's that sound you get when when you take a good stout oak stick and and smack it on a boulder, just clack, clack, clack. And then I hear it from upstream up in the canyon further. Clack, clack, clack. It's like this call and response thing of tapping back and forth. These guys are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, yeah, I was uh, throwing as much wood on that fire as I could. I'm looking around. Uh, I can't see anything. And th- this goes on for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes of them just tapping back and forth. Uh, never got, Never did get my eyeballs on them that particular time but uh they stopped eventually i guess they figured that uh, i was scared enough i wasn't gonna leave and uh i heard i heard i heard the one that seemed the closest to me kind of i heard something moving through the the scrub and the brush and 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 it settled down and uh so did i (laughs) you know what i uh i actually i actually laid down and 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 spent the night there and uh, yeah didn't see anything, but it was definitely a strange experience. You feel okay to stay the night there? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, you know, they didn't hurt me. Not, nothing hurt me. And, uh, I mean, I would have had to pack up and hike out down through the mountains in the middle of the night in the dark. And uh, I couldn't have, I couldn't have been any more, any more scared than I was. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. I think that I would have been more scared if I had left my fire and went out in the dark. Yeah, and like try to get back to civilization, <laughs> and then I feel like I was running. You know, I was running away from. It. So maybe they were just trying to figure out if you were cool enough to hang out there, and then you felt you that you were cool enough to hang out there, and just went went to bed, and they left you alone, I guess. But I think that they were just trying to scare you. You know what I mean? I think that that's, like, there's, like, certain spots in, like, the wilderness where they're at that they don't want a bunch of people coming through. And they're just, like, hey, hey, 
you know, like hitting a, a, a piece of wood trying to get you out of there. But you were like, no. And they were like, okay, well, he's just going to chill. Let's go I, to bed. I, I did. I did get run out of there one time. And, and, and tripping through there in the darkness was uh, pretty terrible. Uh, I, oh, you know, man. I was pretty well running down a mountain in the dark. Uh, <laughs> so they scared uh, you out of there? The, the first time they did, but not, oh. not this last time. I, this okay. is a place I've, I've gone to many, many times, and it's just always been kind of weird. But I was determined not to get run out that time. And, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool enough to hang out with Squatch. So sure. you, so you want to meet him? Oh yeah, uh, I want to meet I, I would him too. To. I, I would love to. Um, I want to meet them too. Yeah, whatever they are. <laughs> His name what, is whatever Harry. Whatever they are. So you know, the 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 only thing weird thing I've really met in the the forest out here so far is is a is a fae, and that was a whole other thing, but. Oh well, okay, okay. Well, yeah, you just met you can't just like the only thing I've met is, Let's back yeah, it up. Yeah, you just can't let that go and just like oh, yeah, I am at a fame. You got to tell this story. Come on, Daniel. Okay, so you know this was back oh, about about four months ago or so, and uh, I, I live. I, I got a little airstream parked on a lake out in the woods, right? And I got neighbors, but you know it's a very quiet. Not a lot of people. They know people out there hardly at all. And uh, so I've, I've been going through some crazy stuff in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm a backpacker. I'm a woodsman. I'm, I'm comfortable in the forest. I live in the forest. Not scared of the dark. But I started getting this really strange, weird, heavy feeling going on, you know. And I started just getting this, this anxiety on me, right? Mm. And uh, so... I talked to my brother and he said, it sounds like somebody's working some black magic on you or something. And I believe in magic for sure. I practice here and there. And so, uh, we, we decided that we were going to, um, fight back. And, you know, I had had someone in my life that had, uh, left with some really hard feelings and against me and had also left some, some magical tools behind one of which, uh, was a tarot deck. And uh, I had picked up this tarot deck and, and was going through it. And uh, I drew a priestess card one evening to lay on my altar when I was doing a little meditation. And, and I figured that's probably when I opened up that link that this person left behind. And Because at that point, that's when this darkness started. And uh, it, it grew and it grew and it grew to the point where, uh, I mean, I was almost completely afraid of the dark in my own home, which is just weird and unusual so so i decided okay time to do a little ritual and and you know throw up some barriers and uh you know dispense this darkness that's around me and, and so i i do just that i call upon my favorite goddess to help me out a little bit and i call the quarters up and i'm just walking around my property with the, the uh, my favorite big quartz crystal in my hand just putting up that psychic barrier right and uh and this thing's getting hot this crystal just get hot and hot hot hotter in my hand and as i come around next to where i've got some trees because i've got some swamp and a lake and and forest i hear this big old wood knock and i mean i'm talking louisville slugger on a tree knock i'm like oh i hope it's not a squatch i'm not prepared for that right now 
And so, you know, it's pitch black out there. I, I live out in the country. I walk up to the edge of the trees and I just look at the darkness and I say, all right, show yourself to me. And at this point, I take that now very warm crystal and I just, I just park it up on my third eye like that. And boom, it was like the veil was rent. It was just the most bizarre distortion. And there she was. And just kind of almost emerging from a tree. It was it was a third eye visual kind of vision sort of a thing. Um, and I just said, wow, uh, <laughs> elf? And I just got this instant response. No, eight. No, eight. And I said, okay, hi. Uh, surprise for me, right? Um, well, you're welcome here. And, uh, and you know, she hangs around uh, a little bit playful now and then, uh, tends to run off with things like uh, lights and such. We were, we were hanging some, uh, some lights up, my brother and I, and, uh, and uh, they disappeared for about four days before they just kind of reappeared. Uh, but yeah, she does little things, knocks on my walls now and then, uh, likes to bang the wind chimes a little bit. I've got these wind chimes, got a big, heavy weight on, so yeah, it takes a lot of wind to make them go. But every now and then, you'll hear just just one of the chimes, ding, just one, not the whole thing, just the one, one time, and just an overall, uh, you know, when I'm sitting down by my fire next to my altar meditating, she just comes along and just I, I get the presence, and uh, well, that, that's my fae. Wow, that's a great story, Daniel. I like that. That reminds me of a story that I think Jeff Ritzman told on Where Did the Road Go? About a crystal that he had left in his garden, just kind of absorbing mm-hmm. the ambient mm-hmm. energy. And then when they brought it inside, that kicked off a span of what he perceived as like alien activity. And that yeah. that was that was the story that prompted me to take that particular crystal and put it in the earth of my herb garden that I tended quite closely. Uh, was to attempt to charge it in that fashion. I think it worked. Sounds like. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Jennifer, I think you're up. So I don't have any explicitly paranormal stories. And I was real mad about that for a long time. So I grew up Pentecostal and my mother is the first person when the spirit started moving, she would always be the first person to go out. And I waited for it and I waited for it and I waited for it for like years and years and years. Nothing. Then when I got to be in my older years, I was like, okay, so that's not working. What's next? And I chased it like, From my teen years to my 20s, we tried everything. We tried magic and meditation and mushrooms and dancing at raves until the sun came up. Everything. Nothing. Now I'm not so mad about it because I realized at that time I was kind of train wrecky. And if I had come into contact with something, it was probably not going to be a good and or enlightening experience. But after a while, I just got exhausted. And I shoved all of it in the corner. And I was like, if y'all don't want to be my friends, I don't want to be your friends either. <laughs> I wanted it too bad. I think that's kind of how it works. It seems like the people who really want the experiences are the ones who experience less. 
And I feel like I was in a very like desperate state about it again, where if I had come into contact something, it would be a, like a low level parasite kind of thing. I could see that very much have been my experience. Mm. So like now I see it as a blessing, but now that I'm older and a little bit wiser, I'm tiptoeing back in. I pull tarot every day and do a little light meditation. I'm generating synchronicities that are personally meaningful and completely irrelevant to anyone else. That's so that's kind of where I am with that. <laughs> I think that's when, when you're seeking it and you're looking for like, you know, God to come down through the clouds to you, you're missing all the little things. And when you start seeing the little indications like the synchronicities, that opens the door to the, to the bigger things coming in. That, that's been my experience anyhow. No, I see that. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Jocko, is there anything you want to share? He already did. Well, I got a, a question lot. for uh, Daniel. Okay. About being in the woods. Okay. Do you carry with you a firearm or bear spray or anything to protect yourself while being in the woods? I got a big old homie, K-Bar. No, I don't. I don't carry firearms, um, and I don't typically carry bear spray because, uh, you know, all you have to do is look for bear sign, and you'll know if they're in your neighborhood. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a bow hunter when I hunt, uh, so yeah, I, I go old school. I track, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the animals. And, and most critters, they don't want anything to do with a campfire. So, sure, sure, sure. Well, the only reason why I say that, you know, the one stuff that freaks me out is the David Politis 911 stuff. Did so I, yeah. I don't, especially when it has to do with children. And, yeah. you know, I kind of think of it from the human side of things, the human element, you know, who, what weirdo is out there, you know, Zodiac killer, I don't know, whatever, you know, who's out there snatching kids, you know? So whenever I hear those stories, uh, that, disturbs me and i don't know why it disturbs well i i do know why because it involves children but whenever i hear those disappearances in the woods it really freaks me out i mean i'm not afraid of the woods but just you know they hear those stories where a kid was there just right behind somebody you know people walk a couple paces ahead next thing you know they look back and it's like where the hell did a kid go and then he's gone or she's gone some and of the that more is really disturbing. Some of the more freaky ones are where the kid returns, comes back, and yeah. and they'll say something like, "Well, I was with a bear, or I was, you know." Is, there's yeah. some weird stuff like that too. That happened recently, right? And like, uh, yeah, that happened like last year, last yeah, January, like, I think like a year North, ago, North Carolina. North I think. Carolina, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it was much. on this show, but there was. There was a guy, I don't know if he was a hunter, but there was a guy that was stuffed back in his truck, but his the way he was stuffed back in his driver's seat, his head was turned in like like 180 de degrees. <laughs> so no, don't he like wasn't that. like situated back on his back, you know, he wasn't like sitting on his back, he was sitting on his front side and his head was 
turned such a way. I don't know if it was on this show that I heard that, or on maybe uh, on, like, on a YouTube thing. But this guy was what the hell you went to? Oh man, it was. I want to say maybe it was one of those David Politis videos or something. You know, well, there, like, was the, like, there was there was the one where the guy got like stuffed into a tree and he was all like mangled up and yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, some easy so. Bitch. One last person with personal experiences. Tim, you got hey. anything for us? I got nothing. I don't have any personal experiences. Are you serious? Uh, Come on. Come on. For Tim. real, for real. I really I really don't have any uh Do you, do you want it too worthy much? Of note. What's that? Do you want it too much for it to happen, you think? Maybe when I was younger, but not anymore. I mean Yeah, it's weird. I have kind of like a weird antagonistic relationship with uh the paranormal now, where it's like uh, it's my job, so it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, antagonistic, where it's just like, oh, I just need paranormal shit to happen to, to someone else. <laughs> I don't care if it happens, like, you know. It's probably better if it doesn't happen to me, because then I might go get too uh, invested in all this. I'd like to see a Bigfoot. That's probably, I could care less about UFOs and aliens. But, like, to me, like, seeing a UFO is kind of... I don't know, kind of lame, I guess, because, like, who knows what it could be. Yeah, you know, an alien maybe has a different story, but, like, if you just saw a light in the sky, it would be like, you know, but a Bigfoot, to, like, see a Bigfoot, you know, within, we know for sure it's a Bigfoot, that would be pretty awesome. I would would love to have that happen. Go squatching, dude. What's that? Let's go squatching sometime, man. Sure, yeah. we'll 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 squatch <laughs> anywhere, yeah, come on whenever. Up. I'm down. I'm gonna go squatching with Daniel. I'm coming down yeah. to Nashville. Did you guys tell everyone what's going on? Or I don't want to. I think well, I think you mentioned. Well, let's let's. I guess this is well, this is the good segue. Uh, when, oh well, well but, you mentioned something. I thought you you alluded to. <laughs> we're, we're, okay, I, I will make the announcement. We have alluded to it this whole entire time. Oh okay. Uh, See, because I just got in late. So all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Strange realities. 2020. 2020. Is September 25th, 26th, and 27th of this year we will be doing it again at sir nashville and this guy right here tim banal is going to be back yeah i'm coming back to nashville uh, baby i can't wait i had such a good time last uh, year aaron gullius i just added him yesterday he's going to be there for the (laughs) saucer life podcast um Timothy Renner from Strange Familiars is going to be there again. He's going to be back. Guy Malone will be returning as well. And we, uh, Jerry, who you guys were just talking to, he's going to be speaking. And oh, I missed Jerry? You missed Jerry. Yeah, you I'm missed so Jerry. sorry. Oh, no. I don't know how you guys want to. Uh, no, you guys, I mean, you're going to be rooming together, so, you know. Uh, oh, Christ. We're going to put you on the box. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've also got uh, Dr. Future. Who was there last year? He's going to be speaking Love this Dr. time. Future. Finally will forced him to be out get, yet. What he, the book yes. will the book yes. will be out. He's he's toiling away on getting it out. Um, also, Brent Rains is going to be presenting. About he's John going Keel. he is going to be there. John Kill, and uh, last but definitely not least, we have hey. Alan Greenfield. If you've uh, seen Hellier, you know who Alan Greenfield is. The 
the mastermind, oh, yeah. the prankster himself. And the, the presentation is going to be on the secret chiefs of the third order. I don't know what that means. The secret but, chiefs, you know, of the it, third order. it is what it is. And we're trying to, and we're probably going to add it, probably one or two more people to this. So uh, it's going to be total. It's going to be totally different this year. Uh, there's going to be a dinner on Friday night. And with the, the most couple, of it, the, with the couple presentations, yeah, two or three presentations, and uh, we're gonna do the most of the presentations on Saturday again, and then on Sunday it is gonna be a tour led by this man right here, a cult synchro awesome. mystic tour of Nashville. Yep, and then partying, partying the night. Nice. Yeah, yep. we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be awesome. Yep. Yep. So that it's like is a three day fest. Yeah that that is the that is the big announcement, guys, that we're making on episode three hundred awesome. on Conspiracy Normal. And it being right. Music City, we're probably going to do a big promotional event, maybe a month or two beforehand. Yeah, we're going to do a Paranormal Songwriters. And we're thinking festival. about what July for that. I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the in the what? summer or something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we're trying to use that to you know get some press. Interesting. Interesting. Do that as a promotional kind of thing. All right, so we have still a little less than an hour left, guys, on this meeting. Let's, uh, if questions, if you guys want to share more Can stories. Can I throw something out there? Let's yeah. throw Can some throw stuff out. out there. Let's go, yeah. Jackal. I, throw it out. I, whip it out. I, uh, yeah, whip it out. We're going to whip it out. You know, this is, okay, with all the shows, I'm not going to start naming shows and by name or whatever, but all the ghost shows that are out there, for me, I'm just just totally done with them they're, they're just so hollywood it's just it, it's all the same format there's nothing genuine about those things anymore talk about television uh, they tried so much yeah all the different shows on tv i mean i i just am done with them they just they they provide me absolutely nothing they're not even entertaining i don't know how the rest of the people out there feel but for like for me it, it, it's all those things had their run i it's i feel like it's you know, like like I said, it's just a rehash of the same format. You have, know, have you watched Hellier? People going. That was actually great. That was yeah, good. Yeah. I actually enjoyed Something that. Different. That one I enjoyed. But you know, the stuff that's on the cable, on the different networks. You know, again, I don't want to say ones. I don't know. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You know, but the different networks that have those cable go shows, they're just lame to me. I, I just. I, I don't find them to be entertaining. You know, it's like they get the phone call, they go in, they investigate, then the same stuff has to happen. And then there's like no real closure. And then the people, they're like, see you later. Uh, call us if something happens. And it's just like, come on, you know, it just, it just seems not fulfilling, at least for me. A I don't know what I expect, but it's just, it's just crappy to me. I don't know. A lot of the teams don't try to fix anything. They just come in and go, yep, it's haunted. Okay, see ya. And there isn't that closure yeah. to it. Yeah, and then some of it's just so Hollywood out. You know, it's just like, it, uh -huh. okay, uh -huh. Ghost Adventures, you, for me, used to be entertaining when it first came out. But then Zach <laughs> got so goofy and wacky, not to blow him up, but it's just like, come on, man. You know, it's just, he's way out there now. And, and, you know, on some level, it is entertaining because it's so, you know, crazy in a way. Not even, I don't know if that's even the right word, but it's just so crazy. out there. You know? But do you actually, like, watch this shit? 
Like, cause I don't, I don't even like turning that shit on. Like, I can't even. Well, that's just the thing. It used to be funny in the beginning, but now it's like not even watchable. So now it's like I don't even give it the time of day. If they really wanted to learn something about that stuff, you you, you can't spend twelve hours in a place and determine whether or not it's yeah. haunted. Like, unless it's like just bad shit crazy. But Sometimes. but you know, like spend a month. You know, yeah. right for a month, and and then you might actually learn about something that's going on, man. But right, like, I, you right. know, I live in a house with this shit going on, and it's to me, it's all the time. But it's it's you know, it's once every few weeks, once every month. You know, mm. something strange will happen. Yeah, it's not like you know, and th- these visual effects they have with the orbs and stuff, like they're in this old rundown yeah. building and they see dust floating around and somehow that's an indication of <laughs> yeah. paranormal and you know they hear a bang and it, it's just it's absurd the only thing i felt that was really messed up uh, was the constantinos debbie and mark you know they're they were going out there they're doing all that evps and then their whole personal life got really weird now, I'm not saying it's like tied in, but you know, there's all this jealousy and affairs going on and Mark flipped out and I think he killed Debbie or something. I don't know. And then he, he took his own life. That to me is kind of stranger than fiction. You know what I'm kind of saying? There's just like weird. It's just like, okay, yeah, they're, you know, they're messed up to begin with or what they dabbled into caused this whole thing to unfold. You know, it's like, is there an association or it's just, well, that's the whole pattern not, you know? is, people get involved with the various things oh sorry did no I... no go ahead people get involved and then their lives fall apart if they don't yeah. balance it out you see it in ufology uh such as it is and was in that you saw it all the time in the contact d era people would have one experience report to have one experience and then their lives just went banana pants yeah right Exactly. When when you don't ask for it, it's one thing, you know, like with the experiences or the or the contactees and stuff. When you got something barging into your life and showing it to you, that's one thing. But when these people go out looking for it, yeah, I think you got to look at your your motivations. And to me, like you know, like Nietzsche said, you you stare longer into enough into the abyss long enough, it looks back into you. And if your motivations aren't pure and you're not, you know, you're not out there for the right reasons, then it's going to, it's going to affect you. If you're looking for fame and fortune doing this stuff, right. Then you're going to end up, you know, being, allowing negative energies in, you know? Yeah. Or just like the old, old school high magic people, you know, they have entire systems for, um, containing what they are trying to communicate with and for banishing. And they take that really seriously. But if you're just, opening yourself with no kind of uh, ritual paradigm to it with no kind of control or at least something that makes you feel like you have control. That's what I don't really. And not just control, but verification. The grimoire systems are full of methods for verifying that you are speaking to the entity that you are and hearing the, the dynamic from. of the relationship and that I'm just, you know, calling you to but do this. Even, and, in those, even with the tools of the high magic, I mean, like you look at how people's lives turned out and if you're more yeah, right. pure, then, then you, 
it's still not going to turn out good for you no matter what protection you have. You look at like Aleister Crowley, who a lot of people put up on a pedestal, and the guy died a heroin junkie, you know, broke. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it, you'll know His them name always comes up on this show, by the way. Yeah. I was waiting for his name to come he up. He probably had a long Right. Always. He had a long I mean, life, though. He maybe, right? fulfilled it. <laughs> maybe there's only so much that, like, one brain is meant to handle. And when you're dealing with, I guess, we'll call them spirits for simplicity, uh, maybe your brain is just not meant for that much information. No, I think it becomes like an addiction, you know? And, and There's that? Chasing it for its for the high of it, then I think it can overtake it, you know? I think with the EVPs, it can be. Because when you hear one for the first time, when you record it, it's like I think one could get obsessed and want to keep on getting more and more and more and more and want to hear more. Especially if you're and in the public eye and you're yeah. getting not only the excitement of the experience, but the praise from the other people. So you have to keep topping yeah. yourself and then you end up, you know, on the travel channel staging a box falling off a shelf and pretending that it's profound. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, no, right, exactly. No lot. shade, no tea. <laughs> you see that in the UFO field all the time. There's someone who might have had a, a legitimate experience to begin with, and then they just have to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Right, right. Who was that guy that did? Well, they did a documentary on him on Netflix, and then he ended up getting indicted for the child porn. Oh, Dan Romanek? Yeah. Yeah, Romanek. Yeah. Like, those original videos <laughs> of the of the lights in the sky. Then all of a sudden he's making up all this other nonsense and filming, you know, some mask outside his window, and it's just, it's absurd. Right. Yeah, well, Romanek, yeah. Romanek, I believe, I, I think he had real experiences, but then yeah, he, got in, he got involved with all these different people that monetize had, it, you got to keep it going. Yeah. And it was like, he just had all that pressure on him to constantly perform. Ooh. And then he had to come up and just top himself. And it's like the belief system multiplies the belief. And he was really, he was in it for a lot of different, for, I think a lot of like, you know, the wrong reasons. Yeah. Right. You add entitlement into the mix. It's like cult leaders. The first Thing that God or the spirits tell him is that it's okay to sleep with all of your young female followers. <laughs> Once you get that first recognition and then the entitlement and then it all goes down. Yeah. That's how it always ends up going with any of the cults. Doesn't it? It's weird. It's interesting how that, in, how that works out each, oh. each and every time. Dude, a different topic, but I had a brother that was in next year. Hey, let's hear for real. It. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, nice. I actually went to a few meetings. It is creepy as fuck. Like it, it it's geared. It was geared towards like a lot of these cults. They get people when they're when they're down and out, you know, after a divorce, after the loss of a loved one, or something like that. And they throw all this lingo at you. And like, if you haven't ever taken any like courses in interpersonal communications or whatever, it can be kind of you know, it's 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 good stuff. But then they start changing the definitions of these words and, and just twisting it around. And it's like, it's crazy. My brother got involved. He like, he moved upstate with them and everything up to New York. And, and uh, like, he's a smart dude, but he just, he just was going through a divorce, got hooked in it. 
the original programs he went to were like a, a week long, like intensive thing where you're basically held hostage for a week in their brain Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was nuts, man. You know, Nexium. Was it like that girl from Smallville? Like that girl she yeah, was recruiting? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah whole they're thing, branding right? people, now. Yeah. right? Yeah, um, uh, Al, what was it, Allison something? She, yeah. she, um, yeah. The thing about Nexium was that it was very much built Nexium, on this yeah. um, multimedia, multi-level marketing system yeah. that we've talked about on the show. I've had a, Alex Simchuk. Um, he um, talked about the like the slave circle, talking about like yeah. the, whatever company he was in. But Nexium acted in the exact same fashion, whereas like you just recruited people, and if you were at the top, you got you know you got the most favors, you got all this. No, and, it, you know the guy who found it, Bernier, he right. he had he was indicted by like thirty states for fraud because he started some consumer product. Thing that was just a pyramid scheme yeah yeah he's... and then um then he started this program and when it was originally marketed when i went to classes it was called esp executive success program <laughs> right and it was right. it was supposed to be like a right. business model well, it, it's interesting how those two concepts the, the cult and the multi-level marketing mirror each other because yeah. you've got um you know we talked to uh naomi here that lives here in Nashville that we talked to her about the occult the cult that she was in the Christian cult in Connecticut the King's Chapel and after she got out she had one of her interviews where one of the ladies that talked about how she was in it the for some reason the Christian cult started doing this whole like multi-level marketing scheme where because it was they had just slave like labor. it Right, right, and it's just like the 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 two mirror each other, and one picks up on the other, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it the the Nexium stuff is just crazy with like the branding. Yeah, I, I mean know. when it, I didn't realize how bad it was until I watched a documentary about it, and you know we're not talking about like it's bad enough if you've got a brand and you just stick somebody with it like you do a cow. What they were doing to these women was they were taking a soldering iron and they were literally riding it into their flesh. And it took 45 minutes for this thing, for it to be written in. I mean, that is unbelievable. The kicker is that, like, the other women in their circle were holding them down. Right. So, like, you are complicit in victimizing another woman on your well, it was high, it's hierarchical though they were within right. they were having their own battle against each other well it, it was it was pitched to those women in that group as being all about female empowerment and yeah, so right. this was this whole idea of just like if you can get through this it was a hate like it was this weird hazing ritual if you can get through this you're strong you're a strong woman but what and, they ended up with was Steve Ranieri and the other girl from Saulville's initials on their body. That's what happened. So they got branded. And that ironically wraps it back to MLMs because a lot of MLMs trap women who are in these um, financially pressed situations. They're single moms or they're in cultures or religious situations where it's frowned on for women to work outside the home. And they say, you can yeah. be your own boss, babe. And then you owe your soul to the company store, basically. You're taking out credit cards that your spouse doesn't know about or financing a product that you're never going to sell in the name of being... um, Independent, yeah. Yep. It's 
I don't know why this is the case, but I was talking to my friend Mark, and uh, we were just shooting the crap, and he, he started talking about sex clubs here in Chicago, like parties on the weekend. And I said, he goes, well, you know out here in Algonquin, Crystal Lake, uh, Lake in the Hills, and they're all within the same radius of each other. He goes, there's a bunch of sex parties that go on on the weekend. And I said, get the hell out of here. And he goes, no. He goes, it's a very common thing on Friday, Saturday night. And he goes, dude, he goes, you, <laughs> he goes, it's, and I said, well, I go, what are the age groups? He goes, well, there's married couples and they're from basically their thirties upwards, maybe 60, but it's within that. And, uh, you know, he told me the story and I thought it was wild. You know, he said, I was just running rapid all within 20 miles of each other, all within these connecting suburbs here in Chicago. So I talked to my cousin cause he lives in one of these suburbs. And I said to him, I said, uh, Hey, I go, my buddy, Mark, I go, Vince, I go, is this true? And my cousin's like, yeah, he goes, you know, the guy down the block, you know, he throws parties and they turn into so these wild sex parties and, you know, swapping spouses and everything. And I go, get out of here. And he goes, no, he goes, it's, he goes, it is true. It's running rapid. Now it's not like what you guys had mentioned where all these, you know, different, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Marketing things or whatever, but I just find it kind of strange how within a pocket, within, it's just, you have this going on. And I say to myself, why is it going on within this radius? I don't know. Man. I, I think that's going on all over America. It's <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I like how you say, like, it's I'm running rampant. It. Like, are, they, are, these, are, these, are these, like, legal sex parties? Yeah. They're, just, they're just really kinky it's, fucking yuppies, right? I think this is all over America. Man. Well, <laughs> I would say that the community is, well, what, what it is, it's... it's Let's not kink shame here on the, on the 300 class. episode. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like poor areas of Chicago, right? So it's, like, affluent... Yeah, uh, yeah. suburbs, you know, people upper middle right, class, right. people they have three, four hundred thousand dollar homes, you know, people so they throw these more parties. Time, they have have more time to be bored. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, multi level marketing schemes. Yeah, those are crazy. I knew a guy. His wife was big time into it. Uh, I don't want to say too much because uh, I won't out her, but uh, she's like a minor celebrity. And, uh, like, really minor, like a D-level celebrity. But, like, a celebrity in her community, you know, an, a, an A-lister in her, in her, you know, niche. But anyway, she she was sort of like a face for some fucking marketing scheme that he, multi-level marketing thing. And they, like, the whole shtick was, like, that she would go and talk at their big event and get paid a shitload of money. And, it was, and she would talk about how, oh, you know, we make this much, all this money from the thing. It's like, lady, you make the money from going and doing the speeches. Like, like yeah, you don't yeah, actually yeah. sell, you don't actually sell this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just, yeah, you just go and say you, you know, oh, this like, has been a life-changing thing. Yeah. Of course it's a life-changing thing for you. They pay you a shitload of money to like, you know. How many of those inspirational stump. speakers have ever actually like, made a buck off of a business or off actual idea they just make a buck off of telling you about how you can do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Crazy. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the entire pump, point. Pump you up. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. of the, a lot of that new thought stuff. A lot of those guys aren't necessarily like successful people in life. They're just successful at telling you how you can be successful. <laughs> Did you ever listen to the dream? No, was that the dream? The dream. Dusty Rhodes. The... Is that like the secret? You mean like the secret? That no, video? I had like mentioned secret? in a comment after y'all had done the 
uh, podcast with the Slave Circle fellow. Yeah. Um, there's a podcast called The Dream. It's in its second season now. Now they're talking about like wellness as an industry, but their first was about MLMs. Okay, cool. And they went real deep into the history of how New Thought and MLMs and conservative American politics, especially evangelical Protestant politics, all kind of converged in this tangle in the 20s. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, right. That's that Doc Future Here. shit. Right. Yep. Here we are, 100 years later. Yeah. This, uh, there's a. Lord, what you might be, a Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a direct link to a lot of this stuff. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale is probably one of the most direct, is probably one of the most direct links. And of course, the DeVosses, um, yeah, who have been we, deep we, in Republican if, politics since Reagan. If you've watched um, the documentary about the family, you know that a lot of new thought concepts have seeped into all that, into that whole milieu. Not to bring up the T word, but tr wasn't Trump's pastor? Yeah. Norman, Norman Vincent Peale. I was trying yeah. hard to avoid it, but yeah, you 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 are correct. And then that and that that is, a lot of people. I've had people say that you know you like that tell me that that I'm wrong about that, but it's true. And I think that like you know I think I think Trump is probably the the most new thought kind of the most new thought ideal. If you really think about it, because that is the ideal of new thought, the successful man. And um, on the other side, there's like uh, Marianne Williamson, who I don't even know if, if she's even still running, but no, she comes from that more no, like dropped out. the more new age yeah. kind of side of the new thought although, movement. Although the secret I, yeah. stuff. Uh, it's it's I mean I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about things and it's pretty easy to disparage a lot of this stuff. But in all in all fairness to me, like I don't think you necessarily have to separate spirituality from what you want in life. Um, I don't think those have to be opposed. And I don't think even, even a certain amount of wanting some, you know, material comfort has to be anti-spiritual. And if you believe in spiritual things and why, why couldn't that help you? Um, but it's definitely taken to excess. I think when new thought, you know, and there's still active new thought out there, finally figures out how to deal with the fact that sometimes bad things happen to people, even though they do everything right, yeah. they might be onto yeah. something. But at this point it just devolves into this well, big game yeah. of victim blaming. Well, that's oh, what, that's what Mitch Horowitz is really working on right now. He's probably like, you know, one of the, the leaders in trying to really revive it and keep it going. He's dealing with, you know, he's really trying to stress that, we're subject to all kinds of laws of both the physical and spiritual universe and that you can't always victim blame. I, I, and I think that and he's that also, limitations I think he's also control. trying to bring back those concepts back into their roots, into the occult. Yeah. 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 And into a politically progressive past of new thought, spiritualism, all these things before really well what happened also it's you know like it's like big business really took over evangelical christianity and big business really took over new thought yeah and a lot like, of the, uh, the early new thought proponent 
proponents were pretty progressive, but it, it really it really changed in the in the right. last century. I, I I would I would suggest a good book. Um, the book that we kind of drew a lot of our new thought episode, our romp room yeah, new yeah, thought yeah, episode yeah. on Parfrey's uh, one of Parfrey's last ones, I think. Right, yeah. Adam Parfrey, um, the secret secret source. Yeah. Right. The very 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 good and, and it really takes it into the roots and there's there's a lot more to it when you get into like mesmerism yeah yeah and all that kind of weirdness spiritualism and, too right yeah the, the, there's a lot that goes into it there's well, a direct well, one-to-one connection between early feminism and spiritualism oh yeah that oh, yeah. people yeah. just don't acknowledge anymore right yeah. are you talking kind of like the Seneca, like around the time of Seneca falls right yeah and uh almost all of the american suffragist movement was somehow engaged in spiritualism and using that in the same way that the contactees used their experiences to put forth a political idea that no one would have listened to if they didn't have yeah. the other on their side. Yeah. It, it all kind of take you're right, Jennifer, because it all kind of takes place in the same, in the same area, well, right? Upstate, about- upstate New York, the Fox sisters is where it starts. Spiritualism starts in Seneca falls is right there. And the, the, cler- the, the clergy, mm-hmm. the clergy is almost all male back then. So these are like right. the first, you know, leadership positions and spiritual leadership positions that women had in America. Yeah, I think the impact of spiritualism on on our on our culture, but particularly on our religious organizations, I think that kind of been making a resurgence or an understanding of how impactful it was. Yeah, uh, over the last few years, but the the whole new thought movement um, generated or was very really helpful in establishing Alcoholics Anonymous and the whole 12 step program and the spirituality surrounding that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's right. Trying to parse all these things into one particular category, which like a lot of academics do doesn't justify the, you know, the impact it's had. If you look at Norman Vincent Peale, like if you read his writings, there's nothing in there that's anti-spiritual, but the application of that by so many of his followers has been, I'm rich because, so I must be a good person. You know, like <laughs> anything I do is like, okay, because I'm rich. And that guy's poor, so he's got to be evil, you know? Yeah. Or to that effect, and it's just nonsense. But that's not what Norman Vincent Peale, at least put in his, in his literature. I don't know what he preached from the podium, but what he put in his literature. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is something that always happens. I mean, you got somebody that comes up with these interesting ideas and doesn't yeah. mean to put anything negative, but then the followers kind of just take it and they just they just screw it all up. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, like what happened with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we could just go. We could just go back two thousand years, Tim. I'm sure we. Can... <laughs> just does anybody have any questions or anything that they just want to bring up? Okay, we talked about the guy getting stuffed into his car. Would you rather? Would you rather die like in a in a horrifyingly, you know, like? Would you rather Head die backwards. like, let's just say, in a unique and memorable way, you know, murdered or fucking, you know, run over by a dump truck or something, or or like peacefully in your sleep with my boots on, hey. with my boots peacefully on, in sleep, if you ask me. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Either way, as long as I don't see it coming. Yeah, I always thought we kind of need to be murdered. 
<laughs> like someone cares that much, like you 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 elicited that much passion in someone that they murder you, or you know, uh, only, they hire someone to murder you. It's like Jesus, like you know, I don't want to fall victim to a serial killer, but only to be murdered uh, by Robert know. Durst, right, Tim? <laughs> Robert, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. If you get yourself murdered, I will do a, like a long-form investigative pod about it. I that would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> Who killed Tim yeah. I will tell you, when I was living in Chicago, I was living in a collar town called Norwich, and it was close to the Plains. But uh, at the time in the 70s, guys were missing and i remember the chicago pd coming to our school saying you know watch out for stranger danger and that was you know what they were calling it and gacy gacy lived blocks away from our house oh jesus and oh damn gacy gacy's my dad actually hired gacy's brother to pour our driveway because his brother was a great concrete man his, wow! His, his like, yeah, his because uh, Gacy was a contractor, but then his brother poured cement. So my mom, I remember, she got upset at my dad because she's just like, you know, because it it was after the fact. Like my dad didn't know, but my mom's like, why did you hire Gacy's brother to pour our driveway? My dad's like, how the fuck do I know who the hell this guy is? You know, he he, he, right. he gave us a great quote and he did a great job and he poured our driveway, but. <laughs> No, that whole thing, the way it went down. Was this after then, uh, the I, murders? After Gacy was well, caught? Well, no, it was, it was, it, well, it was like during, but, you know, okay. it's like you didn't know that, you know, there was a connection between Gacy, you know, his brother, and I mean, you just didn't know who Gacy was. Just this guy, his, like, brother was yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy. Right. He was you all know, murdering but, people. They hadn't figured it out yet, yeah. Yeah, they haven't figured it out. But kind of weird to the story, I was at the uh, Riverboat Casino in Elgin, which is another suburb of Chicago. There was a judge next to me, and we just started talking. And and, and this guy acted like I should have known who he was. And he uh -oh. goes, yeah. he goes, I'm a Cook, uh, I'm a Cook County judge. And I'm like, oh. And he goes, you know Gacy? I go, yeah. He goes, I was the judge that presided over that case. I mean, over that. Thing. And I was just like, get out of here. So it's kind of weird, you know, <laughs> you know, you're playing like craps. And you're in the guy next next to you is the. I mean, this is like in the '90s, so this is like years, much years later. But it's just kind of cool. You never know who you might bump into, you know, during the course of your whole life. You know, it's just kind of strange how things kind of cross their path. You know, so I just felt it was kind of you know unique to my situation. I'm like, wow, I got to meet the you know the judge that presided over the Gacy case. You know, did you tell him about your driveway? No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. I did not mention that to him. But oh, what his man. brother did one hell of a job. He really yeah. uh, put a nice. Uh, he really finished it nice. One, but, uh, one of the most. No, uh, it's just. Uh, well, one of the most terrifying stories I've ever heard was someone that knew Gacy, and of course, you know, he dressed up like Pogo the Clown, which I think is rare. Well, Stephen, right, right. Stephen King, you know, came up with Pennywise from that. And I think the Phantom Clowns stuff stems from Gacy. But anyway, um, you know, there was Gacy was at home. And I guess that like it was somebody that knew him or something like that. And he was still dressed up like Pogo. And the guy that yeah. was relating the story said something to Gacy to piss him off. 
And he said Gacy here in like full clown makeup and full clown costume just sat there and just like started growling at him like he was just going to like destroy him. And I'm nope. just like, if you've ever seen pictures of mm. Gacy as Pogo, that would be absolutely horrifying. Yeah. That would be scary shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was a bizarre time. You ever seen looking to, there's all theories that he didn't act alone and. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think there's some theories that the brother was in on it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he's helping him up, put I'm him in the concrete. Sure he's, he's, yeah, I know, dude. You better do like one of those body scans over that driveway. There's probably like fucking. It's kind of like the rebar, you know, like some yeah. bones in the rebar, you know, victims well, and shit in there. There's um, there's an there's an entire book that. I mean, if you guys have ever read, I don't know if any of you guys have ever read Program to Kill by McGowan, and some of it you can take it as a grain of salt, but I mean, he talks he talks a lot about that, about how not all the serial killers seem like they were, that they acted alone. Yeah. You know, and, and he pulls yeah. it into like the Operation Phoenix stuff and creating like yeah. this system of fear. And that's a real interesting book. Um, we did like a little book review section about it when Sergio first started on the show. But um, and I think yeah. he's really into why um, why it's kind of specific to time periods and why we don't see it a lot now. Even though most right. people would say it's because of DNA and because you can you'll probably get caught now. But besides that, it is strange that it's like this big phenomenon that doesn't really happen as much now. Well, the theory I've heard is that uh, the Internet's helped a lot because, uh, you know, a lot of these people were like sexually kind of bent out of shape. Um, So they presumably like they can get their their kicks online without having to resort to... uh, you know, murdering poor women and shit. I don't, I don't, I mean, like, you know, you have the superstar serial killers in the seventies and eighties, but like, there's still a ton of people. There's still a ton out there that are doing it. And, uh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Get- Did you guys see the Netflix movie? Don't fuck with cat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys see yeah. that? Yeah. That was great. I, didn't oh, know I what think I've heard of that. that. Yeah. 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 But that guy, the way he played that thing out, he was using social media to build up his hype, to build up his whole profile and his whole killing and everything. And it was just, and it all started out with him killing these kittens. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't want to ruin it if people want to go see it, but I recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's only like three episodes. It's a documentary, but it's basically how social media helped catch this guy through actually like crowdsourcing. They they were like pulling people to try and figure out like the clues how to catch this guy. Yeah, and the and cops, really wouldn't, great show. cops wouldn't listen to him. Though. No. Finally tracked him down in, in France, but the cops wouldn't listen for years. They were trying to tell this, this guy's going to yeah. kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, they were able, able to identify shit like in the background of the video, right? Like numbers Exactly, and shit. exactly. Yeah. Well, because they were trying to figure out where he was at, so they were looking at the outlets because they weren't like traditional. Well, they weren't like North American outlets, so they were the yeah, European prongs, yeah. you know, and stuff like outlets, you know. So they were trying to track him down. But uh, again, the last episode it puts it all together, and that was so bizarre. I didn't see that coming, like the end of it. You know, oh, geez, don't spoil it now. Do. Now I'm not going to spoil it, <laughs> but, if you, but it's it was kind of mind blowing. 
Interesting. Anyone into any, uh, got any insights on any strange current events? Um, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the world right now. Is there anything that anyone's really uh, looking into? Strange has current a, events. Has a weird angle on? Isn't that what you do for a living, Banal? Uh, that's the rumor, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look. I haven't seen anything really too uh, too wild. Um, I, you mean, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, what was the thing with like Bigfoot? Some, uh, some, some uh, wa- like the Washington uh, traffic cam had a Bigfoot on it. People yeah. got so mad about that. Like it was obviously fake, but like the people, like they get so fucking mad about it. It's funny. It's like anyone with any brains can figure out that it's fake, but it's like, what are they doing that, man? Oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's like, oh, get all fucking worked up that it's fake. It's like, okay, relax. That was was a a huge meme up here, and it was hilarious because it was just the tree trunk. We were all laughing. Yeah, exactly. It was like, (laughs) I think it's some kind of cutout, to be honest, because it looked like, it definitely looked like a shape of something, but, and then they showed it later, and it looked, I I don't know, I need to see it, but I think think it's going to turn out to be some fucking cutout they put up there, but it's definitely like fake as shit because the thing didn't move. They showed, like, multiple pictures, and it stayed in the same spot the whole time. On Twitter, Lauren Coleman found the cutout. He's got the exact... It's right, the yeah. It's a pretty popular cutout. Yeah. I, I kind of got a kick how, this, how the Space Force logo looked like the Star Trek yeah, logo, yeah. but then I come to find out that's, like, NASA or something. I was like, it came kind of full circle or something. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I was, yeah, when you were telling that story, yeah, that's what I found out, too. That first, everyone was like, oh, you stole this from Star Trek. And then it was like, oh, no, actually, the Star, Star Trek stole, Star Trek it, from stole it from NASA. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, who knew? Yeah, so it was one big, giant ripoff after another, but... You know, the one interesting thing I heard about Space Force is now that the government can uh, jam all the uh, budgets for all the dark projects into the Space Force. I don't know. You know, it's kind of one train of thought. Now they don't have to bury it into any other budget. They can just throw it into the Space Force budget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Bosley's, I think, has been pretty, Walter Bosley's been pretty uh, open about saying that uh, he thinks all the kind of, um, all the breakaway civilization stuff is going to be really hard to talk about now. And that, you know, all these kind of black budget projects are just all going to be wrapped up under that. And we're just going to be even more in the dark. I mean, it's kind of stupid in a certain way. I'm like, why the fuck do we need space force? I mean, it's like, uh, Uh, to defend our satellites. That's the, I think the, I mean, we don't have warp drive capability. Why can't the air force take care of it? Really? I mean, come on. You know what's what's interesting about Cause that? Because it costs more than the Air Force stuff. They got to account yeah. for all this shit. You know, they can't do these hundred dollar pencils in the Pentagon budget forever. Well, I've, I've been saying for a while, and especially uh, I've been saying it to Chris Wolford for a while that um, all this TTS TTSA stuff has all been a big way of just you know we're we're trying to militarize space. And I think that that's, oh, a, lot, that's a lot absolutely. of it. They're all they're all CIA guys. They're all black budget guys themselves, and they're going to come out. So, you know, they're a danger. They're a danger. They're going to come out with some jimmied up video sometime in the next year or two, saying you know they attacked this car or they blew up this 
ship or something. And, and it's kind of just billions of more dollars we pissed on the, the hole to these private corporations and never see anything in return. Yep. So what did y'all think about that article this year that came out from The Intercept where the Pentagon is like, Louis Elizondo? No, we don't know her. <laughs> did they say that we don't know her? Or, yeah, no, that's a it's a, a meme. It, it's Mariah oh, okay. Carey I gotcha. I gotcha. was asked I gotcha. about gotcha. another okay. mu- female musician. And she's yeah. like, I don't know her. Right. Um, but yeah, they were saying, yeah. I feel so out of touch, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a What's a meme? meme, guys. What's a meme? <laughs> Something's going to meme you, Tim. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That's I've been a... memed, dude. I have that Ric Flair meme. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Ric Flair robe. I, I don't know. I mean, we're... I don't know what to make of that TTSA thing, uh, uh, Jennifer. Uh, it's, it's just all, it's just too confusing now. I've kind of lost interest in it because it's too, right. it's very bogged down in like statements from the Pentagon and paperwork from Lou Elizondo and, and, you know, well, I was on, I was a cook on the ship. So, <laughs> you know, here's what I saw. It's like this, it's up, this, this doesn't really interest me anymore. You know, like, I've heard enough of this tic-tac thing, man. Hardcore carny vibes <laughs> is what Lou Elizondo gives carny me. Like vibes. I'm relatable. Call me Lou. You know, I'm not an instrument of the military industrial complex. I'm a guy in a Tommy Bahama shirt. Please relate with me. <laughs> well, that, that's yeah. why they brought out DeLong at first, and he turned out to be a complete yeah. moron. So that's because then- you go on Joe Rogan and you're higher than Joe <laughs> Rogan. <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're and you're and you're you're promoting obviously fake UFO videos to begin with. Yeah, and you're constantly sniffing. So, you know, there's something going on there. I, 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 I I'm going to get him on the show I, now. I didn't watch the interview. Was he sniffing? He oh, was sniffing. I, yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, hey, I, I would love to have him on the show if he wants to come on, but I seriously doubt he could he'd come on anybody's show. He Damn only, it. I don't you know, think they're letting him on anyone anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's only going to come on the bigger ones. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I really think uh, I'll go back to this. I really think that somebody at some point, because he obviously had expressed interest from a very early time of being interested in all this UFO kind of stuff, and then he started reaching out to these people, and they said, "Well, you know, like, hey, the kids love Blink One Eighty Two, you know, like yeah. you know, thirty right. the thirty five year old kids love Blink One Eighty Two, so let's get them, <laughs> let's get Only them all the board, you know, and and so." I I honestly think that that was part of it. Like they just didn't. They I somebody I, this person may be here, but one of our patrons said like, "Hey, when when young thug gets aboard, maybe I'll be on board." Uh, TTSA, whoever young thug is, but you know, that leads me old, back Adam. to something that <laughs> oh, no. Tim and I talked about regarding the flat Earth. So like the face of flat Earth, the researchers is white middle aged Christian dudes. But the celebrities that have come out backing it, they're rap guys, they're basketball players, they are fairly young African-American guys who are the, the populist faces of it outside of the research community. Yeah, celebrity endorsement type stuff, yeah. Right. You know, it's some have backed away, but, but like it's Dick Gregory said, who was a, a, you don't know who he is, he was a, 
a comedian, African-American comedian back in the 70s, oh, yeah. the big mm-hmm. and yep. political activist. But he always said, you know, people in the white community call them conspiracies and the black community, that's our daily life. We get run over by the government all the time. They're screwing us left, right, and center. So they're, they're, they're African-American communities are much more willing to believe that that the government's lying to them than your middle-class white people. Yeah, that is true. That would make sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Plus, I, uh, I think we talked about this too, Jennifer. It's like, there's a certain, it kind of connects to that where it's like, there's a certain like privilege attached to this where it's like we, we have the luxury of being able to sit around on a Tuesday night and goof off about aliens and Bigfoot and ghosts and stuff, you know, so. Absolutely. And yeah. we're not, I mean, some of us for varying levels or not are not worried about our immediate personal safety. So we can worry about some of the more esoteric conspiracies like, you know, the secret government cabal or whatever. But when right, the secret exactly. government like, cabal is actually in effect against you, your conspiracy worries take on a more practical level. Exactly. So is there any chance to book Eddie Bravo on this show, Adam? Talk about the flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Eddie Bravo? No, but I've got That's a line on Joey Diaz. Oh, you got a line on Joey Diaz? All I don't right. think it's going to play out. But yeah. No, probably not. Yeah. Is Joey you know Diaz the mixed miss? martial artist? No, he's a comic. He's a I don't know who comedian. any of these people are. All right. But you know what I do miss? I do miss Adam because you used to do it early on. You're in, you're like impersonation of Alex Jones. I <laughs> thought it was spot on when you did Alex Jones. I guess go, Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, you got to Adam. Adam. It's episode 300. You got to bust up. You got to do all the fan service. You got to close out their show with like well, an Alex Jones. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you Micah Hanks was always way better at it. But uh, I will give it a shot. You know, like the uh, the coronavirus has obviously uh, uh, been let out of a lab in China, and the the, the Illuminati and the uh, the Trilateral Commission are coming to get us, and they're uh, they're they're coming soon, and uh, it's gonna it's really gonna mess everything up. And I just can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I just. It's, it's, it's horrible what the New World Order is doing, people, you know, and I'm, these people are I'm, sick. I'm trying to fight every day that I can, and you just, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. My kids ask me all the time, what's wrong with daddy, and I just, uh, there you go. Right. Oh, <laughs> it's enough wow. for a couple years. <laughs> That was <laughs> You know, I, I think that Joe Rogan, Alex Jones interview, the last one he did, it was like a four, four and a half hour one. <laughs> oh, my God. Four and a half hours. I don't know what Alex Jones is doing, but man, he was just like ready to have a heart attack on that show. Oh, my <laughs> well, God. You know, well, you know, he's it's a hell out. of a drug yeah, is what he was, he's doing. He was talking about some serious shit. He was just like, man, I've seen the elves, man. I've seen, I've seen the mechanical. I've seen All them. the elves, yeah. I've seen the, the mechanical elves, you know. He's seen the mechanical elves. What, what, what I loved about that interview was like, you know, uh, and and uh, literally like an hour and a half before it ended, Joe Rogan was like, okay, yeah. we, we got to stop before we go. And then like another hour and a half just rolls on by, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> he hit that joint one time. Yeah. Uh, that's what it, that's, that's, that's what it was. We're, we're just like, we're just on Modelo tonight. There's nothing else. 
so. I've got to give Rogan credit. I I've heard he makes as low as seventy five grand a show, Jeez. upwards to maybe a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, and, he's, and nobody he's knows. Loaded, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, I but will tell. I will tell you this. I don't listen to a lot of mainstream stuff, uh, as far as like yeah. podcasts. Uh, yeah. Dan Dan Carlin, I really enjoy hardcore history, but um, Rogan is the only one that I I, I get I get kind of frustrated because you've got guys like us that have been doing this for a long time, and right, we don't get as much recognition. But then like some celebrity will come up and well, you know, just like steal the thunder, you know, and they'll get a million downloads just like right off the bat because they're a celebrity, obviously. Brogan exactly. is the only yeah. one of those that I actually respect and I will actually watch his shit because I think that he actually has the best, some of the best and deeper discussions. Right. Well, he's just a really good yeah, facilitator. He, he just yeah. facilitates them to talk. And, right. Well, right. he, he kind of brings it full spectrum with some of the different things that he talks about, you know, like health stuff and you know, vegan diets, meat diets, you know, you get some of those people on there and then he gets political science people. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he starts talking about UFOs, you know? Right. So right. he yeah. also Joe has some real trash people on though. I mean, I've been kind of yeah, hard no platform on Joe Rogan since he had like Sargon of Akkad and, and Jordan Peterson and some of those other MRA guys on I'm like, can't mess with that. But I say to Adam, like, you know, it's like with this, uh, you know, we've we've chosen our path, you know, and we don't have mass appeal, but it's that's still a pretty, it's still a pretty big audience. Well, you know, we're like the, like I tell them, you know, we're we're not the Blink-182, we're like the Dead Kennedys or the Black Flag of (laughs) podcasting, you know, we're not going to be this type of mass appeal thing for everybody but but we mean more the stuff means more to our listeners than that mass audience you know? well you 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 heard what sumo earlier said where he said that this show inspired him to do yeah yeah and like that's what makes this worth it for me yeah totally. i'll tell you that because there were a few shows uh, for me that inspired me ghostly talk World of the Unexplained, Future Quake, those are the shows that inspired me. And now it's like passing that on, you know, is a big deal. You know? So anyway. I always felt like art like Art Bell kind of kicked it off. Oh yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Art Bell saved you know. my life. You know. For real, for real. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I mean like try being a a, a miserable goth teen in <laughs> living 15 minutes off the pave road in Arkansas. But Art Bell was always there. And these guys who did a college radio show where they would play the subgenius stuff at like three in the morning and make yeah. prank calls to the Mellow Moon slack. factory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think we're, we're kind of continuing. We're continuing that kind of radio. Right. Thing. Even though radio's dying, it's like the this golden age of radio values are still coming through into this, this podcast world. We're preserving that. Yeah. Cause that's the stuff that inspired us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, was all that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember living in Atlanta and listening to like the hour of slack and just being like, what the fuck is this? This is fucking <laughs> great. But yeah, I mean, it's um, definitely, I mean, uh, to, you know, I would encourage anybody to just start, doing what doing this and you know i mean there's a lot of podcasts out there but just getting your voice heard i think is important 
You know, the pod, the podcast is really taking the place of what used to be kind of like the original, I would say to me, like the indie rock movement back in like the eighties, you know, that kind of stuff with the punk rock. And it's got that same kind of punk rock DIY kind of attitude. It's also got a lot of fucking cheese now though. So. <laughs> well, I agree with that. So <laughs> a lot of green days and blink 182s. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, like punk rock. Exactly. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Go great. ahead. No, like I was mentioning to you this afternoon, I mean, I found you guys on Google Play Music on yep. your podcast. That's how I found your yep. podcast. I'm, and, you know, you guys are getting out there, you know. You guys are the best. Thanks, you're the Tim. best. Yeah. Uh, you want a hard out? I'm worried you're going to like go over. So I'm just going to say congratulations on 300 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone Thank else you. got any final thoughts? Yeah. Final thoughts. And I'll see. I'll see you in Nashville, Jennifer. I hope you're going to make the trip again, and Katie Heck too. Yes. All right. Awesome. Get and the rest. Tore up again. Right. One thing <laughs> so I want. Uh, I want. I want Jennifer and um, Katie to do. And Daniel, if you're a fan of Where Did the Road Go, y'all need to. I'm working on it. Y'all need oh, to yeah. pressure Soraya to get his butt here. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please come, Soraya. Yeah. We should like show Just, up at his house with baked goods and a bottle of wine and yeah. be like, yeah, I know, I know where he lives. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll go there. There you <laughs> yeah. go. All right. Congrats, guys. I'll see you all in Nashville. Can't right. wait. Thanks, yeah. y'all. Absolutely. Love y'all. All right. Hey, uh, thank work, you, everybody, stay, for joining us. Stay with us real quick, guys. We're going to close out the show. <laughs> um, I want to thank all you guys for being here tonight, uh, being a part of this. Uh, for everybody that's out there listening, thank you for listening to the 300th episode. Remember, uh, Patreon is there. www.patreon.com is Conspiranormal. Uh, you can join for as little as $1. We are doing now weekly. Um, we're doing weekly installments on that now. And so there's going to be much more there in the in the near and far future. Uh, remember what we just said, Strange Realities Conference, no, uh, September 25th, 26th, and 27th here in Nashville at SIR, SIR Nashville. We will have more uh, information on that coming soon, and we are shooting to get tickets up by at least the middle of March. So please join us there. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for joining us on this very long but very productive and very Awesome special 300th episode of Conspiranormal. Normal. All right, guys, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thanks for having us. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. That was fun. That's our first time doing this. We're thinking about having yeah. this kind of be a regular occurrence doing these hangouts. Yeah, yeah. We're, That'd we're, be great. We're really thinking about doing it. Um, fun. I want to thank all you guys for your support, too. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fun. Absolutely, Katie. Is it like constant day behind you or something? Because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of light coming out that window. Fairy lights on my wall. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, you're in the same time zone. It should be night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I thought I would create an atmosphere. <laughs> and Daniel, thank you for being here too, man. Oh no problem. Thanks, guys. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank and, you. And uh, Jennifer, we hope to see you here in September. 
And Jocko, you got you, you to come too, man. You got to get here. Dude, come on. Yeah, I will get there. Uh, I promise I won't have any more marital problems that's going to keep me away. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a promise you can't keep. Yeah, we want you here, man. I, I, I will let so all you know. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. I only had to travel four hours, but I think it would be worth it for however far you have to travel. Yeah. Well, he's not that far. Chicago is like what? How much? I've flown to Chicago. It was like a two-hour flight. Yeah, he can hop on. A plane. Yeah, it's a two-hour flight. It's actually a cheap flight on American to go down there. Believe it or not. Yeah, that's what, I think that's like what American I has like yeah. multiple shots. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I went. I went there when uh, my stepson graduated from uh, the Navy boot camp. Which oh is yeah, Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's not that far from my house either. We, yeah. we flew up there and we we drove the second time, but. I don't recommend yeah. you take the Greyhound, though. No, I wouldn't. Oh, no. I don't think Jocko's doing that. Don't take Greyhound. No. Don't, don't no. do it. Don't do it. All right, guys. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace and love. Thank you. Thanks. book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.